right, welcome everybody. This is Oran Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right, it's Friday night. You know what that means. Namaste. There I am on the screen for those of you watching on the MP4 broadcast. Friday night, it's Black Friday, so I don't know how many people are going to be home to actually be coming on the air to hear what we have to say, but hey, there might be some. There's a lot of people out there, at least in America, it's Black Friday. Everybody's out shopping. This is the day they call Black Friday because this is the day retail companies go into the black from being in the red. They actually return a profit starting on this day. And then from this day forward, the rest of the uh, uh, holiday season, they make all their money. Right. So welcome, Reese, Tony, Denise, Cheryl. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Show this out, show this out, show this out. Right. <clears throat> you have company, right? Oh, we'll have to watch this later. That's okay. Uh, watch it with your company. No, that's probably not right. Not the best thing. <laughs> watch me later. It'll be here, right? <laughs> Thank you for coming in and tuning in and saying hi, though. Share it before you go, right? Share it before you go and play with your friends. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's called Black Friday. Yeah, Tony. Uh, it's literally, I was, re- I was a retail manager for 15 years, and that's what it's called, Black Friday. And that means literally all the time before that, Com- retail companies are making money, making money, but they're still in the red. They're not They're not actually turning a profit. And then uh, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, the sales are so big. And then from here on through January, they make so much money that they literally turn a profit in that last quarter. Crazy, right? <laughs> That's insane. And my Wi-Fi is dipping down a little bit, I can see. So I apologize if uh, things come through a little tinny or, or a little underwater. It's, it's, it's fluctuating up and down. The world keeps turning. It stays on most of the time, but every now and then it dips down, right? <clears throat> okay. So, like I said, show this out, show this out, show this out. We are on week 19 of the Roswell 1947 alien interview, right? So, I have that here. So, let's go ahead and pull this up on the screen and we'll go ahead and start. Like I said, you know, it's a Black Friday. So, who knows how many people are going to be here? I'm still going to do the show. That way, people can catch it later and post it on the MP3 uh, broadcast. So, over the weekend, uh, you know, people can then uh, uh, still find it and listen to it, right? No use going dark just because it's Black Friday. Now, if it was actually Thanksgiving for us over here, I probably wouldn't go live. But I did go live on the Green Wednesday, right? I don't know if you guys heard about that over here in America. We now have the day before Thanksgiving. It's called Green Wednesday. And that's when all the sales for all the uh, pot and edibles are. So it's Green Wednesday. Get it? Green buds, right? Edibles, Green Wednesday. So uh, there's all kinds of really good deals uh, that the uh, pot companies are making a lot of money on Green Wednesday, <laughs> right? So that's kind of cool. Right? Yeah, Denise said I'd go through with withdrawals if you, weren't on, <laughs> if you weren't on, right? Yeah, I go through withdrawals if I don't go on. That's no joke. I'm like, oh, man, I should be on the air talking. I mean, this is addictive just like any other drug, right? I mean, the same thing if I were listening to, to somebody who was broadcasting and you're anticipating it, you don't want to miss it. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing. Those of us that are on this end, we're the same way. When we don't go on air and we're supposed to, we get that itch. We're like, oh, man, I should be on air talking right now. Why am I not? <laughs> right? Yeah, different sort of sales, but they're still making sales, right? Well, since it's legal in most states in this country, uh, it's not the entire country yet because there's still some holdouts, but it's legal in more states than it's not. Right. So it's more than, you know, more than 28 states. It's legal in completely. There are still states like Texas that are holding out and it's still a felony there. Right. It's crazy. Right. You can hit over here in California. You can still only have uh, you can't have more than an ounce on your person uh, unless there's like two people and you have it split up. Otherwise, that's you know, they consider that you're a drug dealer and you're you're uh, transporting 
uh, large quantities. So, you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like they bust you if you have like three or four cartons of cigarettes. They don't care. But if you have more than an ounce of pot, they're still kind of holding out to the because everybody that is everywhere grows it and sells it anyways. And then they legalize it and they're still doing that. People still grow it. So and we can grow it. But it's, here's the weird thing. I can't have more than an ounce on me, but I can grow up to seven plants <laughs> for just myself. Right. It's either five or seven. And then I can grow five or seven for my mom. So I could literally grow 14 plants and have way more than an ounce of pot. But I couldn't take it anywhere because if I did, it would look like I'm selling it. So if they came into my house, they'd go, you have like a pound of pot here. Well, that's because I have 14 plants. <laughs> they grew they grew pot. What am I supposed to do? Destroy it? I'm smoking it as fast as I can, fellas. Right. So they just assume that you're you're selling it. So you end up giving it away to your friends. Right. And that's what happens. Right. That's why I don't have to pay for it because I have family members who give it to me. Okay. So yeah, not legal in, in New York yet. No, probably not. Right. Um, so it's mostly I'm, I was surprised that California being a liberal, but then again, it's weird because in some liberal sector like California, the state is very liberal. So because of the liberalism, they they made it legal. So now it's switched from you have like Republicans holding out against against legalizing pot, even though it has like a ton of medicinal uh, purposes, far more than any other drug on the market and no downside. Right. But California, the state of California, which is odd, the state of California, which legalized marijuana considers that marijuana causes cancer when there's not a single case in the history of the world where it shows that anyone got cancer because of smoking marijuana. In fact, 15 forms of cancer are cured by smoking marijuana. 15 different forms of cancer that you could get throughout your body is, is cured by smoking marijuana. And the state of California, who has legalized it, considers that it might cause cancer therefore they're trying to outlaw anyone smoking it anywhere on the, on like cigarettes <laughs> so cigarettes are legal but you can't smoke it anywhere unless you go outside and you have to be more than 50 feet away from a, a store entrance right and, but you can do it in your home or in your car but it now like apartments like i live here and they've turned this into a smoke-free environment and marijuana is also considered uh something that you can't smoke indoors here so that's just stupid crazy, right? It's legal, but you got to go to a speakeasy to do it. <laughs> we want to make your money off of your taxes and the revenue off selling it, but we really don't want to make it hard. We want to make it harder for you to be able to actually access it and smoke it. Stupid. All right, let's go ahead and start this thing. The vast majority of visbies throughout the galaxies of this universe inhabit some form of flesh body. The structure, appearance, operation, and habitat of these bodies vary according to the gravity, atmosphere, and climatic conditions of the planet they inhabit. Body types are predetermined largely by the type and size of the star around which the planet revolves, the distance from the star, the geological as well as the atmospheric components of the planet. On the average, these stars and planets fall into gradients of classification, which are fairly... We literally started, uh, I don't think I backed up too much, maybe a minute, if that, right? So we started right where we left off last Friday. And that's where we're talking about the the type of planet, right? Sun, uh, sun type 12, class seven. And I was telling you about that. That would be the, would be considered class D in the star Wars, uh, uh, genre standard throughout the universe. For example, earth is identified roughly as a sun type 12 class seven planet. 
This is a heavy gravity, nitrogen, oxygen atmosphere planet with biological life forms in proximity to a single yellow, medium-sized, low-radiation sun or type 12 star. The proper designations are difficult to translate accurately due to the extreme limitations of astronomical nomenclature in the English language. There are as many varieties of life forms as there are grains of sand on the beach. I want to actually point out right there that that's the very first time that she made any kind of comment. This is Errol talking, by the way, alien. So if, you, if you're here for the first time, you don't realize that this is the actual alien speaking right now. And she t- says that she's a female. So this is the first time where she said there was a difficulty, right? The proper designation, designations are difficult to translate, right, accurately due to the extreme limitations of astronomical nomenclature in the English language. It's the first time that she actually said that there was an issue with any kind of translation because of uh, of our language, right? So that's, you know, that, that's kind of cool that, that it, here again, because Raw did that all the time. Do you guys remember? Anybody that remembers Raw was always, numbers baffled them at a hard time because of how fast we move uh, as close to the speed of light as we are. It was hard for them where everything happens all at once. There is no time. So everything just is. So because of that, they had a hard time with trying to figure out our years and time or, uh, um, you know, or, or almost any math dealing with our timeline. Uh, and they admittedly said there was issues with that. Evening, Wayne. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, so let's continue. You can imagine how many different creatures and types of bodies have been manufactured by millions of companies such as Bugs and Blossoms for all the myriad planetary systems during the course of 74 trillion years. Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, personal note. When Errol finished telling me this story, there was a long, silent pause while I muddled through all this in my mind. Had Errol been reading science fiction books and fantasy stories during the night? Why would she tell me something so incredibly far-fetched? If there had not been a 40-inch tall alien with gray skin and three fingers on each hand and foot sitting directly across from me, I would not have believed a single word of it. In retrospect, over the 60 years since Errol gave me this information, Earth doctors have begun to develop some of the biological engineering technology that Errol told me about right here on Earth heart bypasses, cloning, test tube babies, organ transplants, plastic surgery, genes, chromosomes, and so on. One thing All of which, before we let her finish there, all of which we gained from aliens by, by trading humans, either as food or slave labor or experimental objects, so that we could get that technology. Just saying. No proof of that, of course, but Everything that was happening to people either, okay, so if you go back to Betty and Barney Hill, the things that happened to Betty and Barney Hill, when they happened to them at that time, we didn't have any of that technology, supposedly. So there's two things that are possible here. Either, like I just said, is true. Both of these are theories now. So I said the first one as if it were fact, and and it's not really because I don't know the answer to that. So there's, there's two things that could possibly happen here, right? There's one... We actually had that technology, but it was being hidden from the population by the deep state for whatever reason, right? Which I don't know why they would do that to what end, because if they had secret technology that they could use, they would want to patent it and sell it to people to make money off of it. 
Right. Unless it's experimental and they need to experiment on guinea pigs and they're just abducting humans, which is a which is what most people believe. They're just abducting humans off the street to conduct experiments and uh, on stuff on them, uh, you know, to try out this new technology. And if they die, no one cares because no one knows about it. Right. So they just turn up dead somewhere. Right. Or they just never they just disappear and never come back. And, and no one ever gets to know what happened to them. And they just clean them in a wet room, cut them into pieces and you know, chop them up, feed them to dogs and cats or horses or put it in, you know, like, soiling green and put it back into the food chain and have humans eat it. Or they traded the humans for whatever reason for the, them to experiment on or food or slave labor and got that technology, pro procured that from aliens, and then, of course, patented it here on Earth and got it out to the world to make money off of. Or the breakaway society that people were talking about uh, in 1938 if you watch the documentary Above Majestic and that we already had space flight and bases on the moon, Antarctica and inside the planet by 1938, our technological advancements would be a great deal better than they are now. And we could possibly have that technology and not tell people about it until they wanted, you know, until they wanted to make money off of it. And then they patented it, made money off of it by introducing it to us slowly over time. Right. So now the theory is still if we had this breakaway society, was it because of what the spies in Germany coming back from above Majestic or Majestic 12 at the time? And then they did. Then they made above Majestic. Is it because the, the aliens gave the, the technology to humans or is it just that humans experienced and gained that technology on their own, but hid it from their own people? Because that way, the only the upper echelon would have the cures for things. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into all of the theories. The fact that we have people showing up here from other planets telling us the, the uh, you know, telling us a different story would suggest that some of these theories, like I said, trading it for technology uh, and uh, th those sort of things are what we're gaining or gleaning from aliens, uh, insiders that are coming and telling us what and where, when and how. Errol happens to be one of them, who is, in, in a sense, giving us a window into the mindset, even though she won't speak to the CIA or answer their questions, we still get a window into her mindset and uh, the mindset of the CIA at the time, right? And that's why I'm doing this and cutting everything up, because you know, we don't know the answers to all those questions I just said, or if any of those theories are true, and if any of this, right, is true. So that the only thing that we can do is cover it, look at it from every angle possible, and make sure that we go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Well, that's hence why I did that with the Law of One and why I'm doing that with this alien interview, which nobody's even talking about, which is odd because this interview's been out now for a while. I don't hear anybody else doing talking about this interview. And not even mentioning it. Usually there's a debate of whether something is real or not. And this thing is just under the wire. No one's talking about it. So I got lucky and got this video and got in on it before anyone else. But then again, when I was doing the law of one, there was hardly anyone doing it. And since then, a lot of people have picked up that mantle and started doing it. And I wasn't the first to do it, obviously. Right. There's many people that were doing it prior to me. Um, but nobody went through the entire thing, all, you know, line by line. The only person I've ever seen do that is is um what's his name um david wilcock and david wilcock lived with the with, with those guys with carla and and dawn for five years three years in the house and two years in a in a grandma house or whatever you want to call it college on the property so he's the only other person that's talked about it except for Corey good right besides all the breakdown that i do and they mention it and he but 
Wilcock breaks it down like I do. He shows you segments and talks about them and tells you what they mean. Uh, a lot of like he was bringing up prophecy and stuff and talking about that not too long ago, a couple months ago. Okay, let's continue here. This for sure, I have never looked at a bug or flower in the same way since then, not to mention my religious belief in Genesis. Four-second splice. Roswell, Alien Interview, Chapter 11, A Lesson in Science. Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, Personal Note. The transcript of this interview is verbatim. There is nothing more I can add to it. It says everything. Official transcript of interview yeah not a problem julie i get that right i assumed not very many people would be here because it was black friday so some of you guys that are normally able to be here still have family right over so you go and hang out with your family right and tell them have a safe trip back to ohio and um just uh, tune in later or tomorrow or whenever you have time right Top secret. Official transcript of the U.S. Army Air Force, Roswell Army Airfield, 509th Bomb Group. Subject, alien interview, July 29th, 1947, first session. Today, Errol told me some very technical things. I took a few notes to remind myself so I can repeat what she said as closely as possible. She began with an analogy about scientific knowledge. Can you imagine how much progress could have been made on Earth if people like Johannes Gutenberg, Sir Isaac Newton, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington Carver, Nikola Tesla, Jonas Salk, and Richard Trevithick, and many thousands of similar geniuses and inventors were living today. Imagine what technical accomplishments might have been developed if men like these never died. What if they were never given amnesia and made to forget everything they knew? What if they continued to learn and work forever? What level of technology and civilization What's that, Tony? I tried to look up the SSP updates. Uh, didn't you say about four? There was actually three. Um, I thought there was four. I went and looked last night, and there was three. So I only found one from almost a month ago. Ah, okay. Hold on, buddy. I am going to log on to YouTube. For those of you who are watching right now, I apologize. I'm going to let that play while I do that. I'm going to because I'm going to get the link uh, for you, uh, Tony, from um, from Corey Good's uh, uh, channel. Okay, and all three of them are on there. So I'm going to let this play right now while I do that. Could be attained if, if immortal spiritual beings like these were allowed to continue to create in the same place at the same time for billions or trillions of years. Essentially, the domain is one civilization that has existed for trillions of years with relatively uninterrupted progress. Knowledge has been accumulated, refined, and improved upon in nearly every field of study imaginable and beyond imagining. Originally, the interaction of ISBE illusions or inventions created the very fabric of the physical universe, the microcosm, and the macrocosm. Originally, the interaction of ISBE illusions or inventions created the very fabric of the physical universe, the microcosm, and the macrocosm. Every single particle of the universe has been imagined and brought into existence by an ISBE. Everything created from an idea, a thought, with no weight or size or location in space. Every speck of dust in space from the size of the tiniest subatomic particle to the size of a sun or Magellanic to the size of a sun or a Magellanic cloud, the size of many galaxies, was created from the nothingness of a thought. 
Even the tiniest individual cells were contrived and coordinated to enable a microbial entity to sense and navigate through infinitesimally small spaces. These also came from an idea thought up by an ISBE. You and every ISBE on Earth have participated in the creation of this universe, even though you are now confined to a fragile body made of flesh. You live only 65 short rotations of your planet around a star. You have been given overwhelming electric shock treatments to wipe out your memory. You must See, I want to cover that right there because um, I was just talking. We just did a, on Tuesday, I just did uh, a, a show. I don't know if you guys saw it where I, we're promoting the show for tomorrow. So I might as well go into that commercial right now. Uh, Tony, here's the link. And the rest of you guys, if you want to watch this as well, don't do it now. Right. Just copy the link or, or come back and do it so I don't lose you guys here live and then have you go watch the video for 10 minutes and come back. But, uh, Tony, um, there's the link. I also put it in the link for the people on YouTube. There's the link. And that'll take you to the drop that was now six days old. Uh, and uh, then there's two more after that that you can see our SSP drops on the SBA site. The SBA site is Corey Good's channel. So I would say watch those videos when you have time because they're official SSP drops and they and from what I gather they haven't been dropped everywhere only to the cells, so I haven't seen them either on their thing, right? So yeah, so she's saying that Isby's created everything in the universe from thought. It's is surprising, right? So it, she here's the thing when I when I did the show on Tuesday we were all talking about this off air. I don't think we talked about it on air. But we might have because we talked so much and then we talked on air as well. So some of you might have heard us talking about that. One of the things that I have gathered, and I'm going to be talking about this tomorrow on the show. I might as well bring up the banner for you guys to see, okay? So here, here's the show that we're doing tomorrow. And uh, it's uh, if you're outside the United States, you can see the, the different timelines there. If you're in the United States, it's the 27th of November, which is tomorrow. Uh, 2 p.m. Los Angeles time or 5 p.m. New York time. And if you're in Australia, it's the 28th, 6 a.m. Perth time or 9 a.m. Melbourne time when it starts. It's 26, uh, um, 26 uh, Australian dollars. And so for sterling, that's like um, 16 or 14 or, or 17, 16, 17. And for America, that's like 18, uh, maybe almost $19. I think it's 18 some change. Right, because of the way the money exchange is, and that fluctuates every day, so don't quote me on, on every penny. However, we were talking about um, people because of what I was going to be talking about or what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow is the creation of the universe, and it's not just known from, yes, you can still buy tickets. Uh, yes, they're, they're still available. If you, if, In fact, uh, let me, I would, you know what, I should have grabbed the link. I don't have that either, the link for that. Um, let me go to my Facebook page and grab the link for the show so you guys can then, if you wish, um, take a look at that, right? So I'll do that. So we were talking about uh, the creation and how I have found over the years from my investigations and talking to different people, insiders, including getting information from aliens, and sometimes uh, direct information and other times non-direct or things that were uh, uh, interviewed by people at, uh, you know, different times. And uh, especially stuff back in the 40s when um, the aliens would be talking about, um, let's see, is this it? I think this is it. When the aliens would be talking about, 
um, the one and spiritual stuff. And it drove them uh, CIA nuts because they didn't care about that. They wanted technology. Right. So so it drove them drove them batty that these guys were doing that. And they were talking about the this all the stuff. Well, I took notice of the you know, of all the talk about uh, spirituality and was like, wow, OK, I need to pay attention to this, I think, a little bit more. And um, I think this is it right here, isn't it? So, yeah, this is it right here. Let me click on it, and I'll just copy it from here. So you guys can take a look at it. I'll put it up here in the chat as well, right? So here is the website that you can go to. It has the countdown um, that is going to start. Buy tickets now. They're still available. 21 hours, 33 minutes, and 20 seconds uh, before it starts. So let me copy this and paste this for those of you who are uh, watching this and can see the chat. You'll see that in there. There is the um, link copy and paste that into your browser that will take you to the our alien ancestry mystical ways and historical days chapter 16 online conference so that you can get your tickets there right so so and i don't know how many tickets they have available so i don't know how many are left but i know that we're doing a lot of promotion so you might want to try and get your tickets as soon as possible okay so we're talking about the different ideas that people come up with. Now, Errol here, and the reason I say that is because Errol here, her, her idea is a very um, um, atheist uh, ideology, right? There is nothing. We just created ourselves, and she has no creation story that she's, that she's trying to tell. We've always been here because we just are, right? And so there is no creation story in her story because that would suggest that there is something above her or uh, above uh, the isbies. So therefore, there is no God and we all just are. Yet she mentions here that everything is a daydream, right? Let's go back and look at that. Let me turn off this this uh, um, banner that I have up on the screen for people to see. So yeah, check out your, this this uh, this stuff tomorrow because we're I don't know what the lineup is. I, I'll have to find out. I don't know when I'm speaking, but I know that I am. And I have like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'll have to look into that. But um, I'll be talking about the creation of the universe and how diverse that ideology is, because you have to realize that just like here, and I say this all the time, but I can't say this enough for you guys to actually understand it and get it. Just like here on this planet, okay? So assume that this planet is a microcosm to the macrocosm. So here we are of a whole entire ecosystem on this planet of diverse people from varying races and backgrounds and education and upbringing and, and completely different societal structures around the world, right? And everybody has their own idea of how the universe works and how whether there's a creation or, or, or not, and, and, and everybody's trying to figure that out. Okay, everyone that's here on this planet is living in a third-dimensional plane of existence in a third density body, right? So what is happening to us here happens to everyone in the same situation that we're in all over the entire universe. So you have to understand that like Errol, who claims, and this is why I say a lot, she's not this 12th dimension being that she claims that she is because she's still operating as if she's on the third dimensional logic and mindset of conquering people physically and the whole minds, okay? So everyone has their ideology. There's no difference between someone who doesn't live on this planet and someone who does. So when you leave here and you find another inhabitable planet, the Goldilocks zone, that that, that three third-dimensional people can exist in, you're going to find a third-dimensional people there. Thank you. 
Thank you, Denise, for ordering a ticket. Thank you very much. So then I was, so it is 1949 American. Okay. So those of you who are out there that's on MP3 broadcast, the, the 26 Aussie dollars translates to $19.49 U.S. currency, okay? So you're getting a good deal on the ticket uh, for because you're in the U.S. You'd have a better deal if you were in the U.K. because they have the, the pound sterling. is It would be like 17 bucks and some change or something like that. It's another dollar and something off because they're, you know, they're that much. If we're, they're 86 cents. I think we're, for every one of their dollar, we're, we're worth 86 cents. So figure that math out. So it's another 17 and some change or something. Okay, so when these people arrive here and start talking about the history of or creation of the universe, you have the same variants that we have here. Some people are atheists. Some people are somewhere on board. Some people are following Christ or the or that hero savior figure. Some people believe in uh, a, a, a creation. It's all exactly the same as here. There is no difference. And this is what I keep trying to tell everybody. I was worried about the spooky, spooky aliens. They're no different than we are. They just live in a different place. Okay, so if they're living in a third dimension, just like we are, doesn't matter what they look like, whether they're little grays, whether they're 17 foot tall white people or they're 17 foot tall lizard people, they are still living exactly the way we are in a reality that is that is uh, similar to ours. But but it's also you have to remember that it's also um uh, relative to their solar system, to their planet they live on, because we know that we create the narrative. We are the we are the voice. We are the the creators. So we have that uncorruptible ability. So do they, in their reality and in all reality. So if you moved a bunch of those people here to Earth, they could change the ecosystem here as far as how the matrix runs if they had enough of them to convince people that something was different. Right. So Tony says, hmm, that's interesting to to hear that beings from all from uh, off our planet have the same debate. They do a, a lot. You would be surprised. And she's having this debate right now uh, of religion, uh, evolution or flat outside atheists, uh, you know, flat out, you know, atheists, et cetera. They do. They're exactly like us because you have to understand that everywhere there is a third dimension, a third density, they're mind wiped. At birth, just like we are. This, see, you, you need to understand, this is not a penal colony that's separate from the rest of the universe. This is not, this is not local to us. Us being mind-wiped is, is, and everyone who tells you that it's a penal colony, they don't know what they're talking about or they're passing off misinformation or disinformation that was created by the people who are trying to take this planet over. And that is what Raw was warning us about and many other entities coming here warning us about the lies right that the you know that ties into the temporal war that you guys most of you are just starting to understand and no one's been rolling this out and i, I even have thoughts about that and that's why i didn't roll it out as fast as other people were have been talking about it because i have thoughts about that too i don't believe that the temporal war um started until we started talking about it in the movies but then again was that because we were starting to wake up to it so there was a lot of stuff going on right <laughs> right yes and yes tony you're getting onto it without knowing it tony says hmm third dimensions third density yellow sun third chakra yellow vibration coincidence no <laughs> not at all and why is all of that this you tony you're actually on stumbling onto the key to the universe right now 
you're right on the tip of that. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you the tools, right? Why is all those threes important? Yeah. Den Denise is like, Tony's right on. He's getting it. Why are all those threes important, Tony? Third dimension, third density, third chakra, third planet from the sun. What? Wait, what was that? Third planet from the yellow sun, yellow chakra, third chakra in the, in the chain of events. Do you understand how all everything in the universe correlates to everything? Yes, that's the key. What is the third? What is the three energy in the three, six, and nine? Tony, Denise, everybody who's here, it's you, it's me. We are the three energy. Our energy is the three energy. Our energy is the creation energy. Where did we get that from? We got that from our creation and our incorruptible ability. The incorruptible ability, which is an immortal ability, is that's right. That's right. Tony says three, six, nine, holy trinity. Yes. And what is that trinity? That trinity isn't the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that was corrupted when they took the women out of the equation. Okay. They took the female out of the equation for the male-dominated God. They had to replace it with something. So what they did was they elevated Jesus to God status and said that Jesus was created by the Creator and his mother was just a lowly peasant and there was no, nothing there. She was just immaculate conception. And then Jesus was obviously came from a God. So they took the woman completely out and the feminine completely out of the equation because in that particular religion, it was a male-dominated, a monotheistic male-dominated religion, right? Ariel, welcome. Welcome. So, but Tony, you're on to it because the three, the six, and the nine is the Trinity, but the Trinity is supposed to be the mother, father, and the son, or the father, mother, and the son, okay? So uh, the, the true Trinity would be more the Bohemian creation uh, mythos and ideology of, of Odin and Freyr being, being Thor's mother thor being in the character of the jesus character the savior the hero character so that would be more in in uh, playing into tune with the universal mind of how the universe works if you believe that there is something other than just us if you're not an atheist so if you're not an atheist then you're going to look at those other religions who were who were not male monotheistic religions because you're going to have the female. And then if you look at the ones that are female monotheistic, the male is going to be cut out once again, and you're going to have the mother, the son, the Holy Trinity without the father. Right. And there are religions out there. Some of the Celtic religions were that way because the God died in the winter and impregnated the, the goddess and then was reborn and gave birth. It was when, when birth came in the springtime, the God was reborn and gave life to the life giver. The life bringer gives life to the, the, land and the plants and people and all the animals then give birth and, and the whole the cycle starts all over again right so that's a female dominated monotheistic uh, uh, ideology as opposed to the hebrew which is a which is a male dominated monotheistic uh, god character okay but the, the but the equation still works the three the six and the nine is still the same thing because the outcome becomes the one right so three plus three plus three so my energy plus my intention becomes the six energy and the six energy is the energy of the universe that's the jesus energy but it's not the god energy now bear with me so then i take my energy plus my intention that equals the jesus energy i take the then the three plus six so my energy again my intention again utilizing the six energy that i just created becomes the nine so we then 
become the circuit that creates the the uh, the infinity. Do you understand? The three, the six, and the nine. The nine turns everything in on itself and creates the inf the infinite flux of energy, which all spirals to the center. It goes out to a certain point and then turns over on itself because of the nine energy, which is the God energy, and it then goes to the center. So it doesn't become. Uh, it then becomes the three plus nine, and that becomes what? 12. So you have the 12 energy. That becomes the Taurus. That's where you have the infinite infinity of, 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 of all. And one plus two is three, right? So, so, and then, or you're going to the 13, which is the center, which is the one. Do you understand? So when you hit that, when you hit the Taurus, everything rolls back to the one in the center, like the clock face, like the 12 apostles, like the 12 months of the year, the 12 uh, calendar, you know, the 12 calendar months. And then you have the one, uh, the one year. So again, everything goes back to the same cycle on a larger scale. So I've heard that something like six is the number of humanity. Three is the number of humanity six, or the number of humans. Six is the number of uh, of the humans plus nature, space, time, and nature in the universe. So that becomes, when you use that energy, it becomes the nine energy. So the six energy, in a sense, is humanity because it's, the, it's, the, it's everything that the matrix is. That's the six energy. It's everything that the matrix is. All of reality, all of space, all of time is the six energy. But we people are the three energy. But we become the six energy. So when we become that, that's the three plus the three, our energy that we're using for a purpose, and the purpose is our intent, then we become the six energy. And then that, that is the word, that is the logos. So we're using the word, we're using love, and that's the only way that we can create. So we lose, use the love, and that becomes the God energy or the, or the, or the uh, Christ energy. And then, you know, the, then that's the hex boson at the nine. That's the perfection, and that becomes the 12, which then goes to the center and becomes the 13 or the 1. And when you go through the other side, that's when you get to the, that's when you get to the 4 and the 8 numbers. But I'm not going to go into that because that's a big leap in mathematics. Right? Can you tell physics was my major when I was in college, guys? <laughs> right? So I know some of that for some of you, it's that's confusing, right? I find it interesting. My door number since birth has been 33. And I stumbled into uh, numerology oh, about eight years ago. This is Tony saying this. I'll put it up on the screen so you guys can see it. So uh, about eight years ago, uh, master numbers 11, 22, and 33. And that has to do with a lot of um, like birth numbers and stuff like that. I had somebody do my numbers. I didn't even know what it meant. And they did the numbers and they said that I was uh, a 33 or a 22 and that that was like, uh, uh, you know, like the super rarest uh, high um, whatever, you know, angelic number, like a, a archangel. Uh, so I'm, I've been told that, and I joke about that because I've actually have glimpses of that being an archangel and then being here on this place at the same time. Uh, like when somebody said that they knew like, uh, archangel Michael, I said, so do I, I know him, I met him. I fought next to him in combat about 15,000 years ago. And I was more than that, it was like 138,000 years ago. But, I'm like, next time you see him, tell him, tell him Kelto said hi. And if he doesn't recognize me, then uh, slap him upside his head because he's going to know who that name is. Uh, trust me. And the person got mad at me. I think she blocked me because I was, she thought I was just making fun of her. And I'm like, no, if you really know that archangel, talk to him and find out. <laughs> 
quantum physics, right? Yes. Uh, and the, the, the uh, Taurus. Yes. Uh, that, that whole thing, all that, uh, uh, the toroidal forces. Yeah, absolutely. That's all that is, is the entire universe. That's the secret to the, to the energy flow of the universe. That is what gravity is. And the gravity is connected to everything. It is the, if you look at the video at the beginning of the show, when I play my song, the intro music, you see that I show a brain cell and next to it, I put the, the uh, universe, right? And the, the, it's exactly the same, except for the universe has far, like a million more pathways. So the universe itself has like a, a billion more ganglia cells than our brain does. And the more ganglia cells, the more ganglia, you know, the glia cells that you have in your brain, the faster your brain works. And, the, and the, like uh, Einstein, when they cut his brain open, he had like a hundred times more, a thousand times more ganglia, more, more glia cells in his brain. And of course, he was a genius. Right, like apples and oranges, and, the, and you ever cut them up and look at the center, and it has the stars in there. It has the star. It has the, the entire mathematical equation. If you watch, you know, if there's several videos. In fact, they do that in that video by Tool in the beginning where they cut an apple open, and they show you the mathematical equation in there, the five-pointed star, and then it goes into the Pentagon star inside the apple itself. Same thing happens if you cut an orange up the right way, right at its circumference or right at its equator, you cut it in half and look at it and you're going to have the same thing. All of that is in nature. And most plants, if you cut them up, they have a nuclei the same way and a design that is a, is a pattern of mathematics. And, and that is exactly what happens with every single um, uh, plant, every single thing. Everything we eat has that in it. If you cut it in half, right, at the right angle, you'll see that. If it's, if it's natural, it's a plant of some sort, right? And so, yeah, that's crazy. Thank you, Denise said, Leo, you're amazing. <laughs> you're so amazing. So glad to get to hear from you. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that I, I affect some people with my my um, ramblings right <laughs> so so yeah you're on to it and that's the secret and i try to and that's why i stopped and talked about it for those of you who are listening and some people leave because they don't understand it and i don't get mad because this is for people who actually are uh, you know have the ears to see or have the eyes to see or have the mind to uh, to unlock what i'm saying otherwise it's going to be gibberish or you'll just go that guy's crazy he's talking these just stupid crazy stuff and he has no idea what he's talking about and you're going to somebody also tune in and go really let me see what that guy says like, what are you talking about that guy knows exactly what he's talking about you're nuts too because it's not their time to know that right so that's why when you guys start to pop off like tony just did and went wait a minute i'm catching a correlation here is that a, is that a coincidence there are no coincidences in the universe everything is the way it is because it's supposed to be that way Right. So now Errol's idea is very atheist. She doesn't believe in any kind of creation story whatsoever. And she that's my point. And if she was a 12 dimensional being like she claims, she would be past that part of her ego. She would already know more information. And I had said before, and I'll say it again, I said this last week and I'll say it again now. If when we get to the 12th dimension, that's all we got is what she already is. Then I see that as zero spiritual growth from this plane to that one okay so if i don't grow and i'm still exactly the way i am now the only way that can happen is if i am in defiance of a creation right and then it says that and i talked about that on tuesday it says that in many of the gospels to deny the lamb or the, to despise the lamb will stop you from even being able to find the door because the lamb we know from Christianity is being referred to as Jesus. So to deny that character in your religion 
or defy it will allow you to not even find the door. So you'll be stuck in your little prison in your mind for the rest of eternity or, 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 or until you decide to repent. I hate to say that because it sounds like a, a Christian thing. They throw that word around like it's candy. Right. So or, or until the time when you decide maybe there is something else in the universe, because I've been doing this for I'm on my 12th dimension, which means I've been around for a trillion, trillion, trillion years and nothing has changed. You might want to then go either double down like Errol has done. And that's what she's talking about. She doubles down and is there is nothing besides us. Everything was created by a, a, a group of people that worked at a factory. Right. And she doesn't see that that like, OK, here's an here's an example in the Bible stories. Maybe they went back and wrote this after the fact. But when Moses was coming to Ramses the second and saying, let my people go, he said to to uh, God, I, I don't know what the words that you would want me to say to them. And God said, never fear. When you get there, you'll know my words and you'll speak them as if you were your mind. And so he gets there and he says, you need to let my people go or this and this and this and this is going to happen. All these things started coming true and they were all plagues. And then when uh, when Ramses got mad, he said, you know, well, then we're going to go and kill the firstborn of all the Jews. And he had already said, Moses had already said, the next plague will be the plague that you bring upon yourselves. And then, of course, the locusts came and then the and then the uh, all the firstborn sons of the uh, um of the of the uh, um, I was gonna say Romans I apologize of the Egyptians then died which also killed Ramses firstborn son pissed him off that's why he wanted to kill Moses now we now know that because of a volcano upstream that erupted all of these things were possible but how is it and and how did Moses without any guidance how was he able to understand and know exactly when a certain thing was going to happen in succession to be able to say the river is going to turn red with blood, the locusts are going to fly, the, the food is going to be spoiled, the lamb's blood, the creepy green death, the lamb's blood on the door will save you, but nothing else will. Why would he know all that, right, And if it was just a volcano? Again, when they're leaving and they're going to cross the Reed Sea, everyone says the Red Sea, and we know now that it wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea. And all of a sudden, the waters parted for them to walk through there. We actually know now that there was a meteor that came, and it came so close to the Earth, it would be considered a near miss or a near hit, global, a global impacting event. And because it became so close to the Earth, it actually, the, the, the jet wash, if you will, of said uh, uh, meteor actually spilled down to the Earth and created a wake which actually pushed apart the water with the downforce of, of air coming from that thing going past the planet. Its gravitational pull along with its motion created a wake in the water and it was opened up long enough for them to walk through and then it collapsed at the perfect time to kill Ramses and his entire fleet of people that were running you know, on their chariots to try and get to the other side. Now, all of this happened naturally in nature, but it happened at the exact moment that it was needed for these events to have an angelic uh, quality about them. So either they got super lucky and a volcano erupted at the exact time they needed for all the plagues, and then a meteor came flying by Earth a month later when they were trying to get across the water and opened up the waters for them and held it just long enough for all the Jews to make it and collapsed in and killed most of his uh, most of Ramses II's uh, um, uh, troops. 
Now you can say there's no God and all that shit was just random. And the whole Moses thing would have never happened if those things didn't happen naturally in nature. Or you can say, well, they happened naturally in nature because there was divine influence because they were supposed to happen so that that actually could happen and take place. So that everything that happened after that could be in nature and in history for us to know and learn. So, again, everything comes down to your ideology, your whether you accept a thing or, di- or, or not accept a thing. And all, everyone has the ability to do whatever they want and accept whatever story that they want and live their life the way they want. So you don't have to accept any of that. And you can still live your life and you're not going to be penalized by it, at least not right this second. But eventually you will, because if you live that way in every lifetime and you never change your ways, you're going to end up never going anywhere because we now know that you only have a certain amount of time and then you get stuck. And then you're stuck there forever. That's that's the hell. That's the purgatory. So you go there and then you can live to be 12 trillion, trillion, trillion uh, years old like Errol and never get past that stage. And it would appear to me, at least, that that's where Errol is currently. Okay. (laughs) Right. Right. Hold on, Tony. Tony says. Uh, oh, I hadn't heard it was uh, the the Reed Sea. Yeah, a lot of people, it's out there. It's just like Zachariah Stitchin's translation of the uh, of Anunnaki. There's no such people ever referred to anywhere as Anunnaki. Uh, and he put that word together from the word Anuna and the and the next word, Ki. He split it into three words, Anunnaki, and then said that those were people because the Anu is a god in, in a uh uh, in the not in Mesopotamian language, which he's reading, and they happens to have the word Anu in there, but it's actually Anuna. Okay, it's not just the word Anu, and things like that happen. Okay, like here, for instance, in English we have the word Nova. Nova in English is like a supernova for a sun, so it's a very bright star, Nova. The word Nova, if you split it into two words, Nova, in in Latin or Spanish, Castilian means no go. Do you understand? It's the same word, but it means something completely different in that language. Here's another example, which is really funny, right? Here's another example. There was a band that used to be called Roxette. Actually, they still are. Roxette, like female rocket, Roxette, because it was a female lead singer of the band. It was called Roxette. They go to Japan to tour. The Japanese said, you need to change the name of your band. They said, why? They said the word Roxette in Japanese means diarrhea. So do you see how things could be lost in translation? There's the, hence the words or the or the or the you know the the acronym lost in translation. So here Zachariah Stitchin finds the Dead Sea Scrolls and he sees this word Anu and he goes to this this uh, Greek uh, uh, language where they have a god called Anu and says he must be referring to them because these people actually uh, had a common border and existed at the same time, right? So that they're probably talking about the same person. And then he went back to the Mesopotamian language and saw the word na, and that means comes, right? Or that means, uh, that means uh, yeah, comes, and, and, uh, and coupled with the word ki means comes as well. So the Lord God, the Anu, those from, from heaven, came to earth. And that's the translation. Everyone knows that translation is wrong. The word is anuna ki, and that means the king came, the prince. It means the royalty came. Okay, so it completely changes the entire uh, uh, structure of what's there. Again, just like Dan Brown brought up in in the movie 
the Da Vinci Code, which was brought up in the book Holy Blood, Holy Grail, uh, and it was called that specifically because of the words uh, um, uh, Sangreal. If you have the word Sangreal as one entire word, it means something different than if you split it in the second, in the center where you have Song and then Real as a second word. So if you do, if you split it in the center and you have Sangreal, two words, that means holy blood, meaning like you drink of my blood, the blood, my blood in my in my veins. But if you have it together as one word, it means DNA, it means bloodline. So if the scribes separated the word right there to change the narrative because they were trying to paint Jesus as a god and didn't want him to be, uh, uh, you know, talking about the bloodline or his children, then they split the word so that it says, you know, his blood, drink of his blood, which was a metaphor for right? Drinking the sacramental wine and, and imbibing Jesus's energy and then eating of his flesh, which was a biscuit, right? Which is now a, a little cracker, a wafer, which is the same thing. So symbolically, you were drinking in his soul and eating his flesh to become powerful and, and accepting him in your heart. So they changed that. Yes. And then, okay, so Tony's like, dude, yes, I do have knowledge of ancient Sanskrit. I don't actually understand Sanskrit, but I understand that, like, that's what they spoke, right? That's why the Dead Sea Scrolls were written in that. That was the common language that was spoken, uh, you know, by a lot of the people in that region of the world. There's different languages because the Pharisees had, had uh, you know, a different language. But, but at the time, uh, you know, they, the Sanskrit was what they were, which was called Pharisee, uh, which was, uh, uh what people used back then when Jesus's time primarily. Um, and that language again is angelic. If that's what you're talking about, it's like Gaelic uh, is and Welsh is they're very angelic languages that don't have any base uh, of language on this planet, Sanskrit and uh, Welsh and uh, Gaelic are, and the Gaelic and Welsh are very similar and, but they're not similar to Sanskrit, but those, the, all, those are the only three languages that, that don't, correspond with any other language right so if you look at latin over in the same area where gaelic is you can see the latin the influence of latin on french german on everything including this modern english i'm speaking today you can hear svenska in this you can hear mexican or spanish castilian you can hear that in there you can hear uh, like i said svenska you can hear german you can hear french you can hear danish all of that including uh words that have came from the norwegians which their language is the base root language for all of Europe, Nor Norwegian language and the, and the Svenska from the Swedes. That was the base root for that until they uh, hit the Latin, which has Roman influence. So all of those regions influenced each other, even Greek influenced each other greatly. And then all the Asian states influenced each other greatly. All these languages uh, are, are similar to each other. And you can tell, and, and I know this because I'm learning like 14 languages, you can tell the nuances and how they change slightly. Like if you go to Denmark right now, they speak a language that is almost uh, is, is half English, half German, and German's kind of floating towards English, and English is trying to is floating towards German now. So those three languages soon, because of the Danes, are are going to end up being one language. So this English that we speak is still evolving uh, and encompassing all the other languages because of this language is there's not a word that we speak in this English language that we invented, unless you speak you know common uh, slang or ebonics on the streets. Otherwise, the proper English that we speak, even though it's a slang term, American slang, uh, is based on all the words from Europe, from those languages, except for Gaelic and except for uh, uh, Welsh and except for back to Sanskrit. Sanskrit also is separate from, I know this is way off topic, but Sanskrit is separate from 
all the Arabic languages that are over there. It's non-influenced, right? So, the, so that has some some uh, more unpacking to be done, we believe, and people are trying to figure that out linguistically. Okay, so the translations were wrong, and they're out there, and people know to circle back now. Uh, they know they're wrong, but they still use the wrong translation and run with that narrative anyways, right? So you so that's the same thing that Errol's doing here. Why does that tie into this? That's how it ties into here. Errol's doing the same thing. She's an atheist, and the people that she runs with, they all believe that there is no uh, creation story. So they're like, well, we just made ourselves, and we're just here. Well, how did that happen? Never mind that now. Never mind that now. And that's what they do. Every time you go, well, then let's go further up the chain. Then they then they block you. Oh, no, that's the sub-god. Sub okay, what, what's the one above that? That's the, that's the teenage god. And the one above that? Well, that's the ones that are the higher gods, but that's still not the highest. Well, then where are we going? Keep going up. Why do you make me jump through every run? I've said that to many people. Go to the top. What's the top freaking one that you have in your uh, belief system? Right? Why do you keep giving me this low level? I want to know what's above that. And then you tell me there's something above that. Why are you stalling? Because, because we're getting close to a place where they have no, no way to speak about what it is without saying, Oh, I agree with you. Okay, well, there has to be something else. And that's why they keep downplaying it and not wanting to go there. Because either they don't know, which is more likely, because when you get past, say, the God Goddess who created the Jesus character or the or the you know whatever the, the hero character, the hero with a thousand faces, who created them? Well, there's a creation story that's there with, and they talk about it where there was nothing and nothing was something, it became something, and then energy came from nothing and then it became. So that means something happened to trigger that. You can't have something spontaneously happening without a trigger. So a trigger happened. So something triggered. What was that? And that's what blows everybody's minds. Well, the reason it does that is because at this level, we can't fathom that information. So we we then make up the story. Well, that was the creation. So therefore, that's the creator. So that's as far as we can actually imagine that. And, and it gets offensive to those people that are there. So they say things like, you can't not even imagine what this and how large this being is. And that's why you have the, uh, the uh, um, uh, Muslims saying, you can't even put a description on, our, on what they call Allah their god and you can't put any visual to it. In fact, it's, it, it's, you know, it, it requires death if you do. Because there's, you just can't imagine it. And whatever you do is, is an offense and an affront to what that energy really, truly is. So therefore, don't even attempt it because your little pea brain can't. And it's true. We are too far down on the chain. We are only in the very first place that you are actually conscious. You actually think and you are on something. You know you are someone. So you can't fathom. That would be like looking at a newborn baby who's six months old and going, okay, now tell me the creation story and how's God? Not going to happen. They might kind of give you some stories when they learn how to talk until the society wipes their brain completely, right? Until the veil sets in, they might be able to give you some stuff at that point, but they're, they're not going to know. And you're going to have a hard time discerning fantasy from what they're saying to you because they're going to be telling you stuff that you don't understand. And they don't either. And then it gets wiped from their mind and then they don't remember it anymore. Okay. So we can't actually grasp the concept at this level. And the fact that Errol is still, when she claims at the 12th dimension and the 12th density, claims that she, um, you know, that there is still nothing. It means she's in denial still. That means she's choose, chosen to be an atheist and not remember and not know. Because I've met aliens who are like third and fourth. And I've 
been, you know, in, in working with people who have been in contact with people that are in the fourth and the fifth, and they know a lot more about creation and about what's going on. However, again, when you're in the third, though, everyone has their own idea like we do here. But the majority of people, it's it's split the same way it is here. The majority believe there is something, and then there's a group that believe there's nothing. So it's the same. And then they just change the names just like we did here. So if you go around to Mesopotamia, they had different names for the creator God. They have a different name for the Jesus character, for the hero character, or the savior character. They had a different name for the goddess, if there was one. They had a different name for the, the serpent or the dragon that they had to fight. Uh, all of that. It's, it just changes with the name of the deity that they're used to using, and they insert it into the same story. But it's the same story of creation that doesn't change. So I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow as well. Okay. You'll hear me talking about that. And some of it you guys already know because I've already said it. That language was a structure. This is Tony again. I heard that language was a structure uh, intellectually that uh, words, vibrations was clear to the energy of what they meant. Well, and that, and yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, that, that there was a time when language, the sound that we spoke in language meant more. We have forgotten the power behind the spoken word we've forgotten the the flow of our language and the way we speak and it has power that's why people chant that stuff right that's why people chant and in and, and they sing and things are different they take on a lot more power when we sing them or chant them or we write them down a certain way so just speaking uh is is a completely different form and that's why look at the way the shakespearean way of speaking look at the bible's way of speaking those were completely different uh compared to the way we talk now and um did they mean different things i think there was different inflections yeah that was just like when they when you write stuff in red it takes on more power uh with red ink or red you know uh, whatever uh when you're writing a spell or doing stuff that stuff is all real and it has to do with with things and that's why uh, um, we don't get that. We have to strive back to it. It's part of our uh, learning, right? To go back to that. So my niece, Tony says, my niece, uh, my niece, about two, about age two or three, when uh, walking with her dad, walked past a church, pointed to it, and said, "I built that before I was here." Wow, that's pretty cool, right? <clears throat> and I would believe that. I would. There'd be no reason to doubt that child from saying that, right? Star, welcome, Star Child. It's been a while. Um, we live on, we live in the earth, not on it. Uh, and, and yeah, right. So well, in a sense we do, because that's where the energy is. It's in the earth, 12,000 or no, it's 12.000, right. Uh, words, 12,000 words, right. In the dictionary, how many do we know? Right. A thousand, right. <laughs> right. You're right. So, and that's, you know, especially English, English, we have so many freaking words. It's crazy. It's insane. Right. All right. So let's get back to a little bit of what Errol's saying, but again, and so it's her ideology. Her belief is there is no God and everything was created by people, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't divinely sought. Again, that was my theory or my point of Moses and the ex in the Exodus uh, and everything that happened there. We know that they were all mundane things that happened, but they they all had to happen exactly in sequence for the Exodus to actually happen. And there's no way that Moses could have known that. I guess there is because the uh, the guys when the plague started happening, people came. The advisors of Ramsey the second came to him and said, "All this is bullshit. It was just a volcano that erupted up upstream." So, but they knew that after the fact. Moses knew about it prior to the to it going to happen, and was calling out times and dates of when things were going to happen if they didn't change. 
right? So he, so they, it couldn't have been like he knew, oh, this volcano is going to pop off and we think it's going to go because we can't do that now. We can't look at a volcano and go, yeah, it's going to go off on Tuesday at four o'clock and the stuff will, the ash will start raining down at about six. So uh, when I, you know, then I got to go and tell Ramses that we're going to have this stuff happening at exactly 6 p.m. Uh, on this date or else, right? I mean, you, you don't know that, <laughs> right? We can't predict that. So how is it that Moses did that? Well, somebody had to tell him that. Somebody who knew what was happening had to tell him that, right? And, the, and, and it got into his head through what, telepathy? I mean, I don't know. We don't know. So that's where you have to look at that and say, well, it might have been divine after all. I mean, it could have been aliens, right? But who knows? We, I mean, we don't know the answer to that because we weren't there. Again, it's something that we have to speculate on ourselves and come up with our own minds and, and believe it. All right, let's get back to Errol here. Must learn everything all over again each lifetime in spite of all these circumstances. You are who you are and will always be. And deep down, you still know that you are and what you know. You are still the essence of you. How else could anyone understand the child prodigy? An Isby who plays concertos on a piano at three years of age without formal training? Impossible if they do not simply remember what they have already learned from thousands of lives spent in front of a keyboard in times untold or on planets far away. They may not know how they know, they just know. Humankind has developed more technology in the past 100 years than in the past 2,000 years. Why? The answer is simple. The influence of the old empire over the mind and over the affairs of mankind has been diminished by the domain. <clears throat> okay, so here again, now, right? You guys have been with me from the beginning, so you know. Anybody that's been here, and this is the 19th week, and you've been here for any more than four of them, you know for a fact she just contradicted herself once more, right? Again, she says prior to this on many occasions that all of the information from the old empire was completely eradicated from Earth and can't be on Earth, and there's no way for it to be here because if we remember that stuff, it'll start breaking our conditioning, and our conditioning can't be broken, and we can't escape because it's an inescapable <clears throat> prison. Then she goes on to tell us that it's all falling apart and it's all broke down, and that, and that on top of that, all of this, inf all the stuff that we have that we're coming through with now is memory coming through. Why? Well, is that because we've been here so long that it's like the Groundhog Day, and eventually the persons realize that they're going through the same loop over and over again, and they're stuck in it? And if that's the case. They had, a, they had an entire episode on Stargate SG-1, which was one of my favorite episodes of Stargate SG-1, where that actually happened, and only uh, Colonel O'Neill and Tilk knew. They, they remembered. Everybody else didn't remember the loop, but those two did. When the loop started every single time, they were conscious and went, crap, here I am again at the exact same place. Then they had to try and bring everybody else up to speed to try and figure out how to uh, get out of it. But before doing that, they went on vacation. And they start doing all kinds of crazy shit that they w would get in trouble for and get put in jail or, or whatever if they did it in, in reality that didn't start over again, right? So it was Groundhog Day for the two of them, and, and no one else understood it. And eventually, they got everybody else to understand. The same. There was also a, a one on Star Trek that was the same way, and Data was the only one that could remember any of that stuff, right? So now she's claiming right here that that's kind of what ha what's happening and that it's bleeding through and everybody's starting to bring it with them. So that would suggest that the, the whole mind wipe thing is breaking down and the machine's not working properly and there's nobody here to maintenance it because they've already driven everybody off and they have no desire to figure out the machine and maintenance it or turn it off, even though they claim they have no idea of how to do it. 
but they're not even trying. She said that. Maybe in about 6,000 years after we conquered the center of the known universe, we might come back for you. No, because if that's what the case, then that means that this group of people, when they're calling themselves the domain, their god is the AI god. Their king is the AI god. Do you understand? The Luciferians here on Earth are the same way. They believe that Lucifer is the AI god. And they're all following Lucifer because they were promised by Lucifer to get a chunk of the earth, if not the entire earth, and he'll let them control it because he doesn't care as long as they pay homage to him and have him as the controller that he doesn't give a shit if they're lords of a planet, right? He can call them just like he does anyone else. So is that a thing or is she just an atheist, right? That's something that we all have to figure out on our own and and decide whether we want to believe it or not believe it. But here, again, she's contradicting herself and now she's claiming that all of the stuff that we have is stuff that's coming from the old empire, including our 100% all of our religions. All of our religions and philosophical thought process came from her people who who were stuck here on the planet and eventually died here or, or and they got recycled. So there's like 3,000 of her people that are here that they can't they don't know and can't detect them but they know they're here and they keep searching for them. That's where the mission that she was on when she was crashed and, and, and got caught was trying to find some of their people to keep track of them because so that someday they can figure out how to turn all this off. Yet it's all breaking down and turning off on its own, according to her. So I think that a lot of what she's saying, uh, again, is bullshit because she's telling, she's talking out of two sides of her, of her face, right? The Indians, Native Americans will say she's speaking with a forked tongue. Right. So, again, she has an agenda and and she's trying to make sure that her ideology is comes through. And her ideology is there is no God. There is no uh, uh, Holy Spirit. There is no creation. There is no collective consciousness. It's just all of us individual in our own little bodies. <clears throat> and we're the ones that she's calling us is bees because we are being is being someone is being. So if you're a being because we're a human being so we we are being so we would be considered is being right so that's what she used to uh, tell us what a immortal soul because if you say immortal soul that has the 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 connection to a higher source so she can't say that so she has to downplay it to is be that's all you are is an is be but you're a god right <clears throat> Right, yeah, time to fly, right? Enlil ruled with an iron fist in key free will, right? So, right, that's there's there that again, that's that's Enlil and Enki, and that is the same that is the same uh, uh creation story as the Jesus story with the names changed. It's the same with Marduk and uh, Tiamat, it's just a, a different. <clears throat> Different venue that changed the names of their deities to uh, to those characters. So the characters are still the same; they just have different names. But what they do is still the same, and the outcome is still the same. The creation story is still the same creation story. I talked about this before, and I'm going to talk about that uh, in detail tomorrow, as well, and explain how the nuances are in some of those. And so the truth is that at this level, no matter where you go, where people are at this level, there we're all, we're all pondering the same thing. The difference is that on this planet, we have names like Jesus and Marduk and Thor and Odin. And on other planets, they have other names like Enlil and Enki. And we even have that here, too. Right. We have Enlil and Enki here. So wherever you go on a different planet, they're going to have the same story with their deity names from their language plugged in to that. Same story, though. 
And I, and I found that from at least four alien races that were willing to share that. And then of course, atheism is just like Errol here. Right. And she's a dominant, you know, in a, in a military who's trying to take over the entire known universe. Right. And that coincides with a military that's trying to take over the known universe being in charge by an AI God. So that means that her, she, her military force, because if it was not true, if she was a separate military force, there'd be a war going on right now because we know that the AI God and the Orion group are, are working together and they always have been. So if this group shows up and they're claiming they're not the Orion group, the Orion group would be a fighting with them and they're not. So that ergo, this is a different name for the Orion group, right? And she's not selling us that portion of it or the Orion group. You know, since then, no one's talking about this portion called the... Uh, the uh, domain expeditionary force, right? So let's continue. It's just another name from another portion of the military that is under the same evil rule. Here we go. Renaissance of invention of Earth began in 1250 AD with the destruction of the old empire space fleet in the solar system. During the next 500 years, Earth may have the potential to regain autonomy and independence, but only to the degree that humankind can apply the concentrated genius of the Isbees on Earth to solve the amnesia problem. However, on a cautionary note, the inventive potential of the Isbees who have been exiled to this planet is severely compromised by the criminal elements of the Earth. <laughs> Right, right, star, but then he who controls the spice controls the universe. Do you see? So he who rules the sky rules the world. That's a 3D concept that we use here. Right? That is. That's the, that's the concept of military superiority. Whoever controls the sky controls the fight, controls the narrative, controls the world. Right? So if you just look at that on a space, uh, uh, it's just, you know, uh, uh, you know, a flight within the planet and then flight off world. It still wouldn't change. So that's just that's just standard military practice. So he can, who controls the space controls the the planet. He who controls the spice controls the universe. He who controls the logos controls the universe. Logos is the controller. The logos is the word, and the word is logos. And what does that word mean? It means love. So he who controls the the love controls the universe. So that was that was what they were talking about. Why I said he who controls the spice. Frank Herbert's Dune. And the the dune, uh, the planet dune, what well, it has the spice that everyone that makes everything in the universe and their universe go. So he who controls the spice controls the universe. It was a metaphor for the same thing. He who controls the power, and in in most places that would be the sky or space. Whoever controls that, seizing that, controls the planet because then they can fire at you from off world or whatever and can and surround your planet and blockade it. Same thing with a country. If you have a military here, same thing with an island if you have ships. So this is the microcosm to the macrocosm once again. Right? Do you understand? That's just looking at a larger scale than the earth. You look at it on a, on a small scale on the earth or even a smaller scale in a city. He who controls the, the power grid or the food or the stores Right. He who controls that structure controls the people, the population, shut down the stores, the banks, the gas stations. Nobody can go and do anything. Uh, and you've locked them down. They can't do shit. You've taken all their power away. He who controls that. If you have military forces that show up, he who controls the streets controls the town or the city. He who controls the air controls uh, over the, that. And if you then again, if you go to space over the earth, 
same thing. And then you go out to the universe past our solar system, right? And then out like it still extrapolates out and just gets bigger and bigger, but it's still the same exact concept. Earth population, specifically politicians, warmongers, and irresponsible physicists who create unlimited weapons such as nuclear bombs, chemicals, disease, and social chaos. These have the potential. Right, you're you're getting onto you're onto it, right? Signs slash symbols rule the supply. Absolutely, right. To extinguish all life forms on Earth forever. Even the relatively small explosions that were tested and used in the past two years on Earth have the potential to destroy all life if deployed in sufficient quantity. Larger weapons could consume all the oxygen in the global atmosphere in a single explosion. Therefore, the most fundamental problems that must be See now, the, she's warning here. This is a truism that we find we find out about, and yeah, right. And <laughs> he says, "Find me some truth, right? <laughs> right? Even the relatively small explosion." She's talking about nuclear uh, testing now, that were tested and used in the past two years alone. This remember, this is 1947, right? If deployed in a significant quantities, larger weapons could consume all of the oxygen in the global atmosphere in a single explosion. Oppenheimer, when they detonated the first uh, a, a thermonuclear explosion, actually it was hydrogen, the first one was hydrogen, and then they did the thermonuclear, they didn't know if the chain reaction was going to stop. Think about this now. These guys were shaking in their boots, peeing themselves scared because they didn't know if the chain reaction would stop when they ignited it, and they did it anyways. Think about that. They knew that this explosion, no matter how small, and now I'm reading from what she's saying here, that were tested and used in the past two years on Earth have the potential of destroying all of life if developed in significant quantities. Larger weapons could consume all of the oxygen in the global atmosphere in a single explosion. They knew that. And they did it anyways. And after it exploded, and then, of course, they lined up troops uh, to sit in trenches at different distances away to, without their knowledge, but knowing they were going to radiate all of them and kill them, uh, to see what happens to humans at different uh, distances away from the explosion. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, they were you know, t- uh, uh, securely in a pillbox far enough back to where none of them got in any way damaged. But they killed hundreds of thousands of military personnel, having them sit there and watch the show with glass, sunglasses on. That's true. You can look it up. Okay, so they exploded that. And once that happened, that was when Oppenheimer came out and said, I have become the destroyer of worlds. Right. He's, and he was very sad and he realized the weight of what he had just done. Now, because of that, we now know that as soon as we made that first nu- uh, thermonuclear detonation, that that also almost cracks the sky. And it actually uh, sends a shockwave along the lines of communication, which are those, those uh, uh, membranes that you see in that picture, uh, like a brain cell, which is what we call the force in the Jedi religion, and what we call, uh, uh, you know, gravitation, gravity in the science world. And that is actually the highway that when people travel, like on a Einstein Rosen bridge or a wormhole, you travel in, along that avenue, those avenues, which is what connects all of space time everywhere to each other. And that is what we call gravity. 
That is the 369 energy. And all of that has to do with our being. We create that energy because we are alive. We are that energy because it is our vibration. So we did damage to our own vibration. It would be akin to a, uh, a uh, um, hemorrhage in your brain, in a brain cell, hemorrhaging, exploding. Sends a shockwave, uh, a, you know, or you have a, like a stroke, a mini stroke that does damage to a certain part of your brain. The same thing happens from us detonating nuclear weapons, and it damages our immortal soul. The people that were in uh, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki when we dropped the bomb on both of them, all of the human beings that did not survive that are still in the place of healing because of how much damage was done to their immortal soul because of the thermonuclear detonation. Do you understand that? So that's why after we started like detonating nukes that we had so many UFOs show up on Earth because it was the, the first contact signal. We explained it in Star Trek uh, with the first contact being when their warp signature went live for the first time. The Vulcans have to happen to be shooting through this area and detected the warp signature and made a right hand turn and came to Earth to meet the people who did it. The same thing happened when we detonated a thermonuclear explosion and then detonated more and more and more of them. That shockwave was going out and people followed the shockwave back to point zero, to zero point or zero patient, and that was us. Do you understand? So we drew a bunch of attention to ourselves, letting the rest of the universe know that we were at a certain level of, of uh, achievement in our growth. And that's why they show up at that point to make sure that we don't blow up the entire universe, right? Blow the mind of the creator out through the, his asshole by having a, a, a catastrophic event that melts down the brain of the creation. Right? How scary was that? It's scary now. And he says, oh, my God, how scary was that? That's scary now. And that happened 80 years ago. <laughs> right? It's, it's scary now. That's that's insane that they even said, flip the switch. Let's do it. This could kill everybody on the planet. Okay, I'm in. Let's go. Hail Mary. <laughs> I don't know if I could have made that decision. What? This might kill everyone? No, don't turn it on then. But if it doesn't kill everyone, we have the greatest weapon known to mankind. Okay. Flip the switch, Sal. See what happens. Love you, buddy. Hey, I won't have to pay you that 20 bucks back that I borrowed from you. Hey, as a matter of fact, if I'm living on borrowed time, do I have to return it? Mm, there's something to think about. Okay. Solved in order to ensure that Earth will not be destroyed by technology, our social and humanitarian problems. The greatest scientific minds of Earth, in spite of mathematical or mechanical genius, have never addressed these problems. Therefore, do not look to scientists to save Earth or the future of humanity. Any so-called science that is solely based on the paradigm. Right. Okay, right, Denise says the, the fundamental problem, as she states it, right, as she states, will never be solved as long as there is evil here on Earth. That is absolutely right. The biggest problem that we have on this planet is ego, right? Ego creates the evil in, in people, and evil is long, and it will be here forever. You can't eradicate it. It's designed to be here in this place because of what we have to learn here in this place. So it will never change. We will never defeat evil in this place. The only thing you can do is defeat the evil within yourself. All the rest of it has to just happen. 
because it's supposed to be that way. So when people choose to be evil, this is the stuff that they don't want to tell you in the churches because none of that matters. Whatever you want to do is fine. So if you want to be a mass murderer, that's fine. The only person you're damaging is yourself because every time you do something, you reap what you sow. So if you're abusing someone, eventually you're going to be abused. And sometimes it happens the other way around. You get abused, so you do abuse people. That's the cycle. And if you're not able to take that and say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that person. And I'm going to try not to. My father was that person. He tried not to. His father was, you know, as soon as he put alcohol on board, it was, uh, you know, all the beatings shall now commence. He would beat up everybody. So all the kids tried to get out of, out of home as soon as they could get away from their father. My father was, I don't want to be like that. Did he still have a temper? Yeah. But but he tried to not be his father at all costs. So it, it was a toned down version, but it was still, you know, corporal punishment compared to today. Because today, if you even look at your kid the wrong way, they take him from you and put you in jail. Right. So. So the, the cycle is the cycle and it takes a person to break that cycle. So the evil has to be here for us to learn. The ego has to be here for us to learn. And from that, we then make a choice to be either become good or evil. And that's what we're here to do. And then learn all the things that we need to learn so that eventually we can ascend back to the to the single mind consciousness that is the, the mind of the creator. Or you don't believe in any creator and you're going to get to the same place where Errol is and live there for trillions and trillions and trillions of years and never get to advance past that belief system. And you'll just wallow in that forever over and over and over and over and over until one day you go, you know what, I'm tired of this. What if there is a possibility that there's something else? If that never happens, you'll be in purgatory for all of time. Right, Julie. She says, "I made it before you wrapped up. <laughs> Welcome back." <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, you know, I'm an hour and a half in, right? And so instead of doing an hour, we'll probably go two hours again today. So, so welcome back, right? So she's actually talking some truth here, right? Therefore, you do not look, do not look to the scientists to save the Earth or the future or humanity. Any so-called science that is solely based on the paradigm that exists in this that yeah that that existence is composed only of energy and objects moving through space is not a science that existence is composed of energy and objects moving through space is not a science such beings utterly ignore the creative spark originated by an individual isbe and collective work of the isbes who continually create physical universe and all universes every science will remain relatively ineffective or destructive to the degree that it omits or devaluates the relative importance of the spiritual spark that ignites all creation and life. Unfortunately, this ignorance has been carefully and forcefully instilled in human beings by the old empire to ensure that Isbees on this planet will not be able to recover their innate ability to create space, energy, matter, and time, or any other component part of universes. As long as awareness of the immortal, powerful, spiritual self is ignored, humanity will remain imprisoned until the day of its own self-destruction and oblivion. Do not... See, so here again, she's telling the little truth with the many lies, right? Because that's true. Everything she's saying right here is true, most of it, not all of it. 
the part that she's saying that was all cra carefully crafted by our prison guards is bullshit, right? Ego, that's right, <laughs> right? But the rest of it is true. As long as we don't believe in that, right? She's saying, she, you know, unfortunately, this this ignorance has been very carefully and forcefully instilled in human beings by the old empire to ensure the Isbees on this planet will not be able to recover their their innate ability to create space. She's actually saying that now. Do you understand what she just said? She's actually saying that humans have the, and that's the incorruptible ability to create space, creation. So she admits right here something that no one is even catching. No one here catches it. They don't say anything about it. She literally says the human beings have the ability to create space, energy, matter, and time or any other component part of the universes. As long as the awareness of the immortal, powerful spirit, spiritual self is ignored, humanity will remain imprisoned until the day of its own self-destruction and oblivion. Meaning that if none of us wake up, we will just stay in this state until we, like the people on Maldek, blow our planet all the way to hell, or we, like the people on Mars, blow our planet to hell, and then we on Earth do the same thing because we can't make up our minds and we don't get out of this place. So she's telling the truth and telling you there's the tools. There's the key to how to escape this prison right there. She just said that. She just said it right there. Think about that. Right, Tony, that's good. Let me put that up and I'll read that. Tony says, reminds me of a Native American saying about not until man has poisoned the last river. You probably know this one. Yes. Thank you. And so, so it, it, it's in all of our cultures. And we've been trying to tell uh, our, our own selves that. Right? I read you uh, just the other day. I read you guys, Tony, we talked about that, right? The, the Tao Te Ching. Or, or uh, the concept of it, not the entire book. Read you what um, Tao Xi said to the gateman, which was the same thing. Looking within. Look within. Jesus said the same thing. Muhammad said the same thing. All of uh, the, the prophets say the same thing. You need to look within. She said the same thing here. You need to look within. And until we do that, we're going to be stuck in this place. The Native Americans, the Hopis, the Anusazi, the Cherokee, all the Western, largest Western culture, Native Americans had the same thing. Aborigines in Canada, Aboriginals in Australia, all of the original people, indigenous people that came prior to our industrial revolution, all knew this and know this and been talking about it. And then when you look at all of our Western civilization religions, but prehistory knew the same thing. Then when you go back to prehistory before that, prehistoric, the further back you go, Every society has always known the same thing. It's right there in front of us, always. It's an easily escapable a panic room with no inept guards. There's nobody watching over us except for us, right? You have evil people running the show here. So you have the inmates in charge of the prison and the ship's running itself. The, the, the prison's running itself and we're all just in it. 
Do you understand? So it's there. They tell us, even she who's trying to tell us there is nothing in the universe, Errol just gave us the key to the universe almost word for word the way Jesus spoke it and almost word for word the way Muhammad spoke it. Not to mention David, not to mention uh, uh, Thomas, not to mention Daniel, not to mention any of the other prophets, Elijah, Jude, for crying out loud, right? Not to mention any of those. She just did it. Over and over and over, even aliens have come to earth and when they talk about spirituality or the or the ideology of that or the lack thereof like she's trying to do even with her she can't get away from it this is why i wanted to break this down because she's trying to tell us that we're hopeless we're pathetic we're stuck here we're never going to get out and she then gives us the key <laughs> she had to have known that and if she didn't it's ironic don't you think oh well, so you call ironic So we've we've had legends. Tony re reminds us of the Native American religion, where they talk about the same thing, that the humans will be here, you know, not until we've destroyed everything before we realize how and how easy it is to escape from here. And they understood that. I learned. I started learning Native American shamanism when I was little, because of of learning about the Native Americans here in the United States. And seeing how how similar their ideology was to European uh, Bohemianism and and Druidism, paganism, very similar. Those religions are older than the Hebrew religion, older than the, all of the religions of the East, unless you go towards the India and and the Taoism and the in the Taoism and the Yin in the uh, 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 the um, the oh i can't think of what it's called the hindus the hindu right yeah the hindu religion that's older we think we're not sure because i just watched a documentary where they checked the dna of bones dug up and it would look like prior to all of that craziness in the middle east even back before the mesopotamians and before the hittites and before all of that the norwegians were there okay and the languages there are based on norwegian so the, the Norwegian people, the Vikings, ruled the known universe or the known world, sorry, ruled the known world prior to those other people owning it. Before Rome, before Greek, before the Asians owned it, right? It was owned by the Norwegians. So that's how far back we've gotten now. It depends on where you look, right? If you go to Egypt, it goes further back. India goes further back. So we, we're learning that we've been here for longer than we think we've been here. And we just remember this time, right? So let's continue a little bit. I know my microphone's probably tripping because my Wi-Fi is tripping right now. But we'll see what it does to the video. Rely on the dogma of physical sciences to master the fundamental forces of creation any more than you would trust the chanted incantations of an incense burning shaman. The next result of both of these is entrapment and oblivion. Scientists pretend to observe, but they only suppose what they see and call it fact. Like the blind. See, so here now, after giving you the key, now she's going to piss all over all the religions again. You see what she's doing here? She just gave you she gave you a truth. And now she's going to say, however, right, do not rely on dogma or physical sciences, right, to master the fundamental forces of creation in any more than you would trust the chanting, the ranting and raving. She's not saying that, but that's what she's saying. The chantings and incantations 
uh, of an incest burning shaman, right? So she's saying that in 1947, any Christian would be like, oh my God, that's so barbaric, right? That, that is like the most barbaric concept I could ever think of is this guy walking around with animal skins on and and has has taken dyes from the earth and painted his face and he's gotten feathers from an eagle on his head and he's and he's dancing around like a bird dressed up like a bird or some other kachina doll and he's dancing around the fire and he's hooping and hollering and burning incense because that's completely different than our plant-based clothing that we wear right it's not animal skins it's the skins of plant right it's completely different than the Pope walking around with, with animal skins on himself, right? And with an animal skin hat, not a, or a, I'm sorry, a, 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 I'm sorry, no, he wasn't wearing the animal skins. He's wearing, a, he's wearing the cloth, right? So he's wearing, he's wearing a cotton, he's wearing plant-based clothing and a plant-based hat. And he's, and he's standing around chanting and waving incense, but he's okay. <laughs> right? No, she's kind of saying that she's lumping all that in there, right? So it's so so when she says that, see, here's my point. So she says that to somebody who, if they're Christian, uh, they're going to go, wow, okay, that's just barbaric. But what she's saying is that anybody who acts like that is barbaric. So every single religion we have on the planet, the people are dressed in an outfit made either from animal skins or plant skins. And they're doing the same thing, chanting and waving incense. So if you believe what she's saying, that it, that the shaman is completely oh my god and outdated and barbaric then logically you have to look at all other religions to see the same thing do you understand that so that's a subconscious jedi mind trick that she just planted in your in your head that your ego and your brain will work on in, in your subconscious and go that means all religions you know that right so that's why i decided to be your ego and just tell you that outright so that you understand that Right. Few truths, but I'll take it. I agree. That's the whole purpose of me doing this, because I'm going to show you the truths that are in there and then show you un and expose the lies. Right. That's why I do this is for exactly that purpose. And I, and I don't want to waste time not stopping. And talking about it. So I do want to waste the time to do it. But what I'm saying is I don't want to waste the time and let it go by without stopping is how I should have said that, because that's big. Right. That's huge. She just literally said the same thing that everybody is discovering now. We have to look within so that we can get out. And if we don't, we'll be stuck here until doomsday. But then she says, don't look in and don't look at these religions that are telling you the same thing because they're a bunch of skin wearing smoke, uh, uh, you know, smoke peddling, dancing, chanting, crazy lunatics, which then your brain interprets as all religion on this earth. But orthodox religion is dogma. So I say the same thing. To get away from dogma and listen to the leaders that have been trying to tell you over history, the ones they keep killing over and over throughout time, who keep saying the same message, right? To look within. The louder you say that, the quicker they shoot you. The more people that start listening to you and follow you, the quicker they annex you and try to make you re recycle so that you're, you don't have that memory anymore. 
blind man, a scientist, cannot learn to see until he realizes that he's blind. The facts of earth science do not include the source of creation. They include only the result or byproducts of creation. The facts of science do not include any memory of the nearly infinite past experience of existence. Okay, so again, she's telling some truth, but isn't it funny how she just mentioned creation? She's talking about creation now, but she doesn't believe there's a creator. Let's, let's think about this now. She doesn't believe there's a, 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 any kind of creator that is above her station, yet she's talking about the creation. So she's acknowledging a time when there was nothing and something became. But she's doing it by trying to go, look, your scientists don't have a fucking clue, which is true. I say it all the time. And they never will. Why? Because they're ignoring the spiritual aspect, the mysticism aspect of the, of the universe. She's saying that right here without saying it. And she's an atheist. The essence, this is what she's about to say, the essence of creation, creation and existence cannot be found through the lenses of a microscope or telescope. They can't be. She's telling the truth. Or by any other measurement of physical universe cannot happen. In fact, scientists now know that when we physically look at an object, it changes that object, changes the direction of it, and it changes the trajectory of it, changes the energy of it. So when we track a particle from one place to the other, if we don't do anything in between except for fire the particle and watch where it goes, at the end, we see the end result. But if now we want to take a picture of that particle while it's in motion, to that place, when we do, it doesn't land in the same place that it did before. Changes trajectory because of us taking a picture of it. By doing that, you introduce energy to that point, and it changes. Double slit experiment. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Tony. Right? You take light and you do that, and the particles of light go through both. So that's how they realized, and it took them a long time to admit it to themselves, that light works like liquid. The entire universe is that way. The air we breathe is one molecule off of being water. Yes, then he says, in order to get help and learn, you must look within ourselves. There lies, there lies the answer. Absolutely. That's exactly the 100% truth. And she even said it here. She's saying it here when she's trying to tell us that, and, and this is why I wonder sometimes if she came here to try and secretly give us this information. And if she didn't, then she couldn't help herself. And that's one of the things that I that I call, um, you know, that's that's the karmic wheel or the serendipitous wheel where you're trying to tell somebody a lie and the truth comes out. Do you understand? Because you have to tell things, you have to tell truths to get people to believe your lies. But sometimes you don't mean to tell a truth that people need to hear. And you're not trying to let that part out of the bag, but it comes out anyways while you're talking. So there's certain times when people will do that. And I call that the cosmic wheel of the universe. That's the karma of the universe to where I have it in my head to try and deceive people. But the universe doesn't allow that to happen 100%. Therefore, the key still has to be in there. 
And that's why I do this to look for that and show you, look, this person who's been harping now, where are we in, in the, in the, in the four hour scheme of thing, three hours and 39 minutes and 30 seconds into this, she has spent that amount of time harping about you're stuck, you're lost. It's hopeless. You can't get out. All your shit's fake. Everything is, there's no way for you to get out because if you do, they have shit to trap you. Oh, and by the way, none of them are here because we defeated all of them and nobody's maintaining the stuff and it's all starting to break down and you guys are kind of starting to wake up anyways, but you're not going to make it out because you're slaves and you're stupid and you can't get out of there. And oh, by the way, here's the way you can actually get out if you want. And if you hear me, but I'm going to go straight with that and say, but you're stupid and you're not going to see it because you're too busy following around these skin wearing, uh, uh, smoke, uh, waving, uh, chanting zombies. Right. And then she goes on to say, your scientists will never figure that shit out either. And she has to tell that truth. <laughs> right. The essence of creation and existence cannot be found through the lens of a microscope or telescope or by any other measurement of the physical universe. One cannot comprehend the perfume of a flower or the pain felt by an abandoned lover. Right. Uh, that's a good one. Right, Denise? Or she's just rattling off the shit that she read in the books. Right. So then maybe she doesn't even understand it because she's stuck. That's good. That's a good. So, so it's it's not that Errol is secretly trying to help us. There's a good possibility she blapped that off, but doesn't even believe it herself. But she's throwing it out there because it's confusing to her, and she knows it's going to be confusing as hell to the humans because they have no idea of the concept of what she just said or or any of this because they're still in that egoic mind of trying to figure out how to get technology the best way they can. They don't care about spirituality. They don't have any part of it because none of them are spiritual. They're all about money and power. Do you understand? So you're right. It's a very good possibility that she just read that and she's telling the story and she, it doesn't mean anything to her either. Just like it doesn't mean anything to the CIA in the next room. Because they don't give a shit about religion. They want fucking technology, bitches. Give us to us now. Or we're going to coerce it out of your ass. That was what they were about in 1947. They stayed that way. They're still kind of that way. But some of them now are going, well, there might be something to do this whole thing. You know, I'm finding a lot of the scientists who never speak about spiritualism at all are very, very spiritual in, in behind closed doors. With meters and calipers, everything you will ever know about the creative force and ability of a god can be found within you, an immortal spiritual. Well, see, and there that's exactly the truth. I mean, thank you for that, but it is the truth, right? And then he says that it, a lot of it would be confusing if you didn't explain it, this stuff to us, Leo. I, well, you're absolutely right. That's why I do this, because I understand that this is confusing. And it was, and it's meant to be, right? When, as, soon as, I, as soon as I read the law of one, I was like, no one's going to get this. There's going to be very few people that are going to understand what the hell's happening right here in this entire thing, let alone 106 sessions of this. I did the same thing when I four hours into this, I was like, I have to help break this down. People aren't going to catch the nuances in here because most people don't. That's the truth of it. I'm not saying that because I have a step up on people or something. I have spent my entire life to get to the point where I actually understand this stuff, but it's taken me 54 years to get it. Right. And I came through, I'm a wanderer. I came through with shit intact. It still took me until only about five years ago to actually be able to translate this stuff. So now I'm going back and reading everything. I have to re read everything I ever read. It has to do with spiritualism from anywhere because there's totally new eyes that I'm seeing it through. But we know this. Anybody who is, a, a, you know, is, is into the, you know, the idea of philosophy, the love of knowledge or the knowledge of love understands that. My brother and I talk about it all the time. 
you read the Bible when you're 10, go back and read it when you're 12, go back and read it when you're 17, go back and read it when you're 30. Every time you read it, you're going to get something completely different out of it because you're a different person vibrating at a higher, hopefully you would hope, vibrating at a higher uh, rate at that time each time you go back and, and read a thing. That's why we watch movies over and over and over, even though we've seen them. You go, man, I watched this thing 35 times. I still saw something different. There's a reason for that. You're a different person now. You're in a different place, so you pick up on different things, right? So I've been doing this so much. It's what I do. I, I do this stuff with everything. I always have. I've been a code breaker my entire life. Every time I look at something, I catch the patterns, just like Tony did, with the three and the three and the three and the three and the six and the six and the six. And the, yeah, you had the three and the correlation. We're the third planet from the sun, right? The yellow ray, third third chakra, uh, third energy, three energy, six energy, nine energy. They, they coincide with different chakras. The nine energy is in your heart, right? <laughs> right? So craziness. All right, let's continue here. How can a blind man teach others to see the nearly infinite gradients that comprise the spectrum of light? The notion that one can understand the universe without understanding the nature of an isbi is as absurd as conceiving that an artist is a speck of paint on his own canvas, or that the lace on a ballet shoe is the choreographer's vision, or the grace of a dancer, or the electric excitement of opening night. Study. Right, but it's the start. Right, now hopefully that's what she's about to say. Study of the spirit has been booby-trapped by thought control operations. Of course there has to be, because in this place you have to have good and evil. So you're not, it's not going to be easy. It never is. It's not supposed to be easy. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Errol says you had amnesia there for there, Leo for a little while, Leo per, per Errol. Right. So, well, but we did, we, we have amnesia. We start out with amnesia and then we don't know. And then we have to learn. So, so, you know, even though she says, I'm older than you and I'm just getting over my amnesia because of your uh, podcast. Well, thank you. Um, well, like I said, I got lucky that I've been here many times. <clears throat> I, I have returned here on purpose, come back to do what I'm doing now. So every lifetime I've been here, I've woken up faster than not everyone because there's people that wake up faster than I have. Uh, that some people are, are younger than me and then are more awake. Some people are my age and I was awake before them. But when they woke up, they woke up and they're further advanced than I am now. So it's just a, it's a matter of each one of us individually. So if I've helped you in any way to start to wake up, then I'm, I've done my job, Denise. So, that, so that's kudos to me, because even if you're the only one that I have enlightened, then I have, then I have replaced myself. So that's one more person besides me that's enlightened. And if there's any other people out there that I do in any way help you, uh, then that changes who you are. And then you guys change who I am. But you also then change everybody around you. It's the ripple effect, right? I tell two friends, they tell two friends, they tell two friends, and so on and so on and so on. It's the same thing as my drop of water in, the, in, a, in a, a stagnant pond or in the ocean. If there's no waves, my wave affects everybody else's wave and it changes them. Your wave affects my wave. Right. So let's let's hope that that's uh, that continues. That's so that's what we're here to do, to continue to awaken everybody to the fact of what's going on or to the knowledge um, that we need to look within and be OK with that. We need to stop fearing. This is why we called that show the other day uh, on Wednesday, two days ago, that everything's OK. 
we got around the algorithms by saying that, calling it that. The algorithms didn't even flag on it. And then we started off, I started off with not talking about that really right in the beginning until I got Miguel on there and Aaron on there. And then we went full bore. Like a drop of water in the ocean, creating a ripple. Absolutely, Tony. Right? So that's what I try to be. I don't try to be anything else, right? I'm the humble messenger that is delivering the, the law of one. I am the humble messenger of the of the one true creator. And that's that's the same thing in Christianity. You're the messenger of the creation, right? So that's why I hold those titles in different religions, the same title, because that's what I do. So I so I'm hoping to help people and, and it doesn't your age doesn't matter. It's just a matter of where you are in your development and how long it's taking you to get to that place. Right. So it doesn't matter Denise, that you're older than me and you're just now starting to wake up. I had a hand up because I've been on this planet for about 150,000 years. I don't know how long you've been here, but I've been here. I signed on for the term. So I was either if it's 50,000 or 150,000 or 75,000 and 150,000. So the minimum is 75,000 unless you get everybody off the rock. And if it takes uh, 150,000 years, you're here for that. You know, raw, they came here even further back than that. Well, that was about probably right after raw when I got here because I heard the call just like raw did. So here I am with a bunch of other people. Billions of us are here to do that, to do what we're doing. So let's continue. Of the spirit has been booby-trapped by the thought control operation through religious superstitions they instill in the minds of men. Conversely, the study of the spirit and the mind have been prohibited by science, which eliminates anything that is not measurable in the physical universe. Science is the religion of matter. It worships matter. The paradigm of science is that creation is all and the creator is nothing. Religion says the creator is all and the creation is nothing. These two extremes are the bars of a prison cell. They prevent... Now here again, she's right. This is absolutely true. She's right right here. Okay. The paradigm of science is that creation is all and the creator is nothing. Religion, and the paradigm of religion, says the creator is all and the creation is nothing. These two extremes are the bars of the prison cell. They prevent observation of all phenomenon as an interactive whole. That paragraph is 100% true. 100% true. It is what locks us in and keeps us in the prison. She's absolutely right. That part is not a lie. Was that propagated by people trying to keep us in prison? Very possible. Very possible. Because if you look at, if you look at when the corruption of the religions started, it was when they the priests, the priestly caste, realized we had the power of creation. Okay. And told by Ra, that was when the pyramid was built. And the pyramid was there to help people go inside the pyramid in the different places in the pyramid, the different rooms. And those vibrated at a certain um, at a certain level that would help you either heal or spiritually advance. The priests figured that out and took control of that narrative and said only the priests got to go into the temple. And then that became the, the standard for all religions because they corrupted the religions and took power because they wanted power. They took control of all the religions, and that was the corruption. So then you have the scientists 
on the other spectrum doing the same. So, and that was a creation of theirs as well. And it has to be done that way so that what she says there, exactly the paradigm of science is that creation is all and the creator is nothing. Religious Religion says the creator is all and the creation is nothing. And two extremes are the bars of the prison cell. They prevent observation of all phenomena as an interactive whole. That's the whole, all, the one. Right? Do you understand? So that's why I, even though I have these these titles of a priest or a or a you know or a, a pastor or a, you know whatever you want to call it in your religion, I'm not preaching those religions because I don't believe in that. I believe in spiritualism and I believe in personal spiritualism. Why? Because of those two extremes. If you follow one or the other, then you're stuck. You can still graduate by doing that, but it takes a lot longer, more lifetimes, because you have to then be a better person as a person. Uh, and it would be better to ignore both of those to do that. That's why you have a lot of people that become atheists because they can't handle, they know there's something wrong with both of those. And I've known it my entire life. I went down the road of physics and, and learned the whole scientific community aspect and said, they're wrong. They're never going to get it. Then I went down the whole religious aspect aspect and said, they're wrong. They're never going to get it. Right. Because the, because of the semantics that pull you so far to that extreme on either side. You have to learn, and this is where we tell people the, the center, and, and the people go, well, how can you balance with, you know, well, between good and evil? And, and I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you to use both energies of good and evil, although you kind of do that anyways, right? But the ideology, the ideologue and the ideology of the center is the space between the bars. Do you understand? The concept of the house is a scientific concept. The house being built is a physical, that's the religious aspect. It's a physical being. It's there. But the house doesn't mean anything. It's the dwelling. It's what's in the house, inside the walls, that's important. That was what was, what, what, uh, that's how she said in 2000, you know, 2,600 or 580 years ago, right? That a vessel or a cup, say, or a jar is a tangible thing, but the space within it, what is being the space that holds something is valuable because you can put wine in there, gold in there, sand in there, store something in there. So what's within is more important than the object itself. That was the metaphor for you, your body, and your spirituality. Your body is a great creation, and it's beautiful, and it was created by the universe. That doesn't matter. It was created to have a purpose. That purpose was to house you as an avatar. So what's inside your body is more important than the body itself. However, to get to that, which is what is inside of you, you have to take care of the vessel. Right, so you have to eat proper, you have to sleep proper, you have to exercise proper, you have to meditate proper, and you have to align your chakras and balance your body and your mind with your soul. And once you do that, you can separate from that and see the difference between all of that. But that's only done by balancing that crazy religious aspect and that crazy scientific aspect, and knowing that though that's as far out as you want to go, there's nothing past that, and those are the extremes, and then come forward center from either side until you reach the center and that's where you're going to that's where you're going to figure it out. That's the same thing that's going on with the polarization of the planet right now. Politically, you have the far left and the far right. They're both the same. 
One is pulling you to one extreme on one side. One is pulling you to the other extreme on the other side. And the only way is through the center. Do you understand? So that's where everybody resides, in the center. Centrist. Centrist. Everyone is a moderate on the planet. Except for the people that are out for power. Then they're not. Then they slightly go right or left to one of those two ends. It's the same thing with religion and science. Uh, Denise says, I was raised a Catholic. I've been knighted by the Catholic Church. I was raised, raised a Catholic as well. I don't practice it today, nor, nor do I. When someone asks me what religion you are, I say, I'm spiritual. Me too. Absolutely. What religion are you? I'm a, I'm a recovering Christian. I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> right? We go to AA meetings. <laughs> I'm a recovering Catholic, but I'm a spiritualist. Right? What religion are you? Spirituality. Spiritual personal oh you're going to hell and then your religion i'm going to hell they'll tell you that too to keep you in their seats and paying the tithing you go ahead and go back over there one day you'll realize that they're just telling you the same thing over and over again i know that because i have the book <laughs> it's a, it's either a two a three or a five-year turn they tell you the same thing every month on the third year or on the fifth year Right. It's just a matter of where they are in their curriculum. Same thing with schools. The teachers teach by a curriculum. They stick to it. It's the same thing that happens on the same day every year that they're teaching in schools. And they have it all worked out in advance where they're supposed to be. Right. So they only teach you exactly what they set out to teach you from the beginning. And you can't go forward. I remember asking that question. Can I go ahead on my own? No, because you won't understand it and you'll get it wrong. Oh, because I'm stupid and I can't figure this shit out without you. I didn't say that out loud, but that was what went on in my head when that when I was in when I was in uh, sixth grade and the teacher said that to me. <laughs> oh, I get it because I'm stupid and couldn't possibly figure this out without you. Okay. But that's what I, not what I said, but not what I said or what I did say was, oh, okay, teacher. And what I did was I went ahead anyways, did the entire fucking math book by the end of the week and my homework. <laughs> so I just had homework to turn in that was already done for the rest of the semester, for the rest of the year. It was done in the first three months of, of me going to that class. They don't want you thinking for yourself. Correct. They don't want you translating stuff the wrong way. They don't want you getting the right idea. They want you getting the idea that they're giving it to you. They treat us like mushrooms. They keep us in the dark and they feed us full of shit. Because they only want to teach us what they want us to know. And that's not the truth. And we know that. So when people like Arrow come here and go, you know that everything that they're telling you is an out and out lie. We're like, yeah, we already got that down here a long time ago. We don't need no book learning business lady, right? So we got we know that. We haven't figured out. We just are, are having a hard time understanding and answering the question because of the brainwashing over and over and over and over that you need to stay looking within yourself. All right, let's continue. Observation of all phenomenon as an interactive whole. Study of creation without knowing the... Right? Denise says, I was always questioning the nuns and was told that I was being insolent. Laugh out loud. Absolutely, because you were going ahead of them. They didn't want you to learn only what they wanted you to learn the way they wanted you to learn it, when they wanted you to learn it, what they wanted you to learn. Absolutely, 100%. Curriculum. 
got to keep you that you can't go on your own. They discourage that free thinking. They discourage it from the first day that they get a hold of you for the rest of your life. Free thinking is nothing. But then you'll sometimes get that nun who is older now, right? I had that happen when I was at St. Catharines of Siena in Martinez, California. The nuns there were getting older and they were um, being a little more honest with their, with their people they were teaching. So then they were being retired once they were found out. But the good thing was that the priest and the vicar and the and and all the other clergy at that church were actually very awake. And they let the nuns do that. And they were involved in it as well. So they were very liberal, even though it was a Roman Catholic church, right, that follows the church in Rome, which is very strict and very conservative. But they were very open and liberal. That's why you'll never have a Western uh, pope and definitely not one from America because America is far too uh, awake and open. You won't have one from England either. The UK will not have a Pope. The UK and and, and the United States won't have a Pope. Those days are over, <laughs> right? UK is open. They're more awake than Americans. Americans are the last ones. So you'll never see a, a Pope that is from a, a nation that is ruled by white people anymore, right? You get a couple like they have the one that we have now, but the one that stepped down, he was it was from a white <laughs> white race, right? And he stepped down because he doesn't believe in the church anymore. But they won't let him because it's a lifetime appointee. So now we have two popes, and actually three, because there's always an African pope that no one gets to know about. And you guys don't know that. A lot of you don't know that. Every time there's a pope and he's somebody, there's always an African pope too. Right? So that is equal to the to the pope that everybody thinks is the Holy Father. He's a dual one. He's the second one. Right? People don't realize that. And, and I actually think there's a third one for the East that's not... I think you have one. I don't think you have one for the West. I think the West is as far as it goes. It's it's over there in, in Rome, uh, being the hub of the world, right, the Western world. So so that is where the Pope is from. But then I think you have an Eastern or, or Orthodox Pope, and you have an African Pope as well. I believe that if you if you're going to have an African one, then you have to have an. It just there's a Trinity there. You have to have three. You can't have two, right? You can't have that. It doesn't work in the in the whole scheme of the universe and how it, wor- how it works. So there's got to be three popes. Well, right now there is because one was uh, was uh, retired and there's a second pope there. And then we have the black pope. But I believe there was already one. So now I think there's like three and a half, right? Because of the one, I think they're being the, the, the dual. But well, I don't know. Let's, we'll get to that when we get to that. That's not what we're here for today. Isby, the source of creation, is futile. When you sail to the edge of a universe conceived by science, you fall off the end into an abyss. Yes, exactly for that purpose, Denise. Like the three wise men, she said. Yes, and why were there three of them? Because of the number three. Right? That's why there's always three, because of that. That's like in, you know, if you look at um, the, uh, the Jedi belief, the Sith is two. There's always the master and there's always the apprentice. Never more, never less. Always two. When one kills the other, one takes an apprentice immediately. The Jedi are the same way. The Jedi, there's only one master and one apprentice, always, right? But the whole is the three. Do you understand? So the Trinity is still there. You have good, you have evil, and you have the the Padawan learners who continue to propagate. Now, with the Jedi, there was a whole order. There was thousands and maybe millions, and the Sith is only still two. But the dynamic is still the same, and it still is the Trinity, and it's crazy because they're like, well, how do people understand there could be a million people, and it's the same It's the same understanding. 
there could be a million people that are Jedi Knights, but there's only two Sith is the same as the dynamic of uh, of the of our planet with there's is 80 percent or 85 percent of the people on this Earth are actually in service to others. They're good. And there's still there's only a 15 to 20 percent uh, that is evil. And when you go to graduate from here as a good person, you have to be only 51 percent good, 1% over halfway to graduate. And that is as difficult, even though it's seemingly not because you're only 51% to achieve as it is for the negative or evil people to achieve what they need to achieve to graduate and move up in the evil sphere is that they have to be 98% evil. So it is just as hard for them to reach 98%. It's just as hard as the good people to reach 51%, the same exact distance because of the of the difference in the scale. So two Sith, a billion Jedi, right? 20% evil, 80% good. It's the same dynamic. Do you understand? It's the same mathematics. So the three wise men are because of the number three again. And we are the three. This planet is the third planet from the sun. This planet is the three. We are the three. Do you understand? And the three energy is the energy of us. That's the creation. So we have the power of creation. Let's go back to Errol here and have her giving us some more of this. But that's a great, the paradigm, right? And then she went into the study of creation without the ISBE. The source of creation is futile, right? Without the ISBE. When you sail to the edge of the universe, abyss of dark, dispassionate space, and lifeless, unrelenting force, on Earth you have been convinced that the oceans of the mind and spirit are filled with gruesome, ghoulish monsters that will eat you alive if you dare to venture beyond the breakwater of superstition. See, and that's part of the corruption of the churches to to get you to believe that, that you'll die if you'll get be consumed by some evil demons or the like if you if you stray from what they're trying to tell you and think for yourself. The vested interest of the old empire prison system is to prevent you from looking at your own soul. They fear that you will see in your own memory the slave masters who kept you imprisoned. The prison is made of shadows in your mind. See, so here where she integrates the old empire and tries to reintroduce the idea that this is a penal colony in with this whole entire thing, because she's not lying so much as telling you it is a prison because it is. But it's not created by the old empire. It's not created by a third dimensional race of beings for us to be here. The second that they that the one true creator realized that all of the creation that was in third dimension third density were sitting on their laurels on their asses not doing anything or learning because they still knew in their heart of hearts and their mind of minds i am the one i am the all and i'm just on vacation i'm a daydream i don't have to worry about it i'm gonna get there i'm safe once the universal mind caught on that that was that they were i me the universe we were all being lazy chaos and evil was invented as a boogeyman to chase us So from that point on, that was when time began. Because remember, outside of this place, there is no time. Only time is here. This is is time-space, and there's space-time. So this is where time exists. And that's because we're moving so fast, close to the speed of light. 
right? That's my brother calling on the house phone. My mom will answer the phone, I think. So <laughs> she did yesterday anyway, right? So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So so they're trying to keep us from realizing all of that and looking within. So she's reintroducing the prison system and she's not lying so much about it because it is a, it is a prison, but it wasn't created by the old empire. It wasn't created by uh, any, any human or any race of being that exists in the three dimensional uh, uh, part. That's part of the lie that everybody keeps trying to tell. And we know that it's a lie because people are showing us that it's a lie. Zachariah Dishon, he didn't, he didn't lie on purpose, but he misinterpreted that. And it's been proven, 100% proven, that, that, that there is no such name anywhere else in the, in the known uh, existence of any scrolls of Anunnaki being an actual uh, being or a race of people. That was invented when he mistranslated that. And people know that, but they still, everyone on the History Channel's Ancient Aliens, still propagate that story over and over and over and over when they all 100% know it's a lie. Now, it was a mistake, but to keep, but knowing that something was a mistake and wrong and to continue pressing the narrative makes it a lie. So all those people are doing that, and that's one of the reasons why guys like myself backed away from all of that mainstream uh, ancient alien stuff. That's why Corey Good did it. That's why Emery Smith. Well, Emery Smith, he's working for Gaia now, so he may he's he's out for money and he has a show and it's a cool show. But again, he's working for Gaia, which was very draconian and painting the same narrative. That's why David Wilcock left when he had a show on Gaia. He realized they were painting the same lie, so he left. So everybody who has left that used to be on ancient aliens all the time, if you talk to them now. They go, no, I don't talk to those guys because. And even the ones that are there are, are still kind of pissed, but they're making a ton of money, so they're staying doing it. But they've been told, dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down, right? I was told that when I was writing my book. People read my book and go, dude, this is written for like a fourth grader. Yeah, you're right. And that's where they kept telling me to dumb it down to that because the average American doesn't have a reading skill past the fifth grade. So if I wrote that book for people who could read 12th grade reading, no one would understand it. It'd be like writing the law of one the way they wrote it. No one understands that because you have to have a college education as a physicist to actually understand the verbiage most of it. <clears throat> That's why I decided to break that whole storyline down into uh, modern American English for people around the world to understand. Right. So here again, she's lying and with some truth, many, you know, many truths and a little lie that says, oh, by the way, old empire in quotes, prison system. Right. Is to, to prevent you from looking into on your own soul, the fear that you will see in your own memory, the slave masters who kept you in prison. Now, that will happen because they propped up people here on the earth to do that. The rich and the elite, the cabal, the Luciferians are doing exactly that. So the Internet, television programming, everything is another an external a hard drive, another external ego that's trying to push you into that same place. Stay away from looking within at all cost. Here, here, there's a, a bazillion things for you to look at. Lights flashing at you, you know, be, you know, clickbait everywhere. Anything they can do to keep you away from spirituality. And if you go towards the churches, they do the same thing. Get you in their seats where they can continue to brainwash you. You go to schools, you're being indoctrinated in the schools, you're being brainwashed to not think for yourself and not look on your own for any kind of spirituality inside. You're looking for a complete pleasure now. All the television, there's no more buy a house, no more buy a car, no more buy anything. It's rent, rent, rent. I'm sorry, lease, lease, lease. 
So you, no one owns anything anymore. So no one is, is settling. Nobody is settling down. Nobody is looking within because they're not no longer happy. They're single service everything. Single service meal, single service, uh, you know, drink, single service job. Everything is for is for my gratification instantly now. Stay away from everything else is programming me to stay away from spiritualism. You have to make time out of your day to turn all that shit off to, to look into yourself like you're doing now. You've taken time out of your day to go away from that to come here. That's kudos to you for those of you who are here listening to me. <clears throat> you understand. Why? And that's why you're here. Do you see? You get what I'm doing because you're in a place to where you're waking up. And the truth that I speak, you're hearing because you understand the truth. So you're not listening to me going, man, this guy's totally making this shit up and lying about it. You can understand. You feel and in somewhere in you when I'm speaking, you're like, I think he's telling the truth. Maybe I should look this up. I don't know if I should trust him. And I'm okay with that. I tell people that. Don't believe a word I said. Look it all up and try and prove me wrong. When you go down that rabbit hole, you'll be back going, wow, Leo, dude. <laughs> right? And I'm not the only one. There's millions of us out there, maybe even billions of us out there doing this. Right? So we all can't be wrong. Right? We all can't be crazy. I mean, we could. We could be. But that would be insane weird that we have the same mass hysteria that they keep talking about. And the only time it actually turns out is on spiritualism. Tony says, growing up, I couldn't be much older than 10 when uh, media companies came out with, with uh, 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 what is that, pause and rewind, et cetera, on cable television. Yeah. And my uh, intuition knew, <clears throat> knew like, like, whoa, that, the, uh, they are trying to overtake our attention and break up our uh, capacity for for uh, uh, concentration absolutely and they and that's the whole everything they're trying to do with everything that's why they always keep all the stuff everything's fast and and their music playing and people dancing and and they're all you know the commercials are fast paced and all they're everything to distract you distract look here look here look here look at our product we want you to buy it right don't worry about anything else Right, Denise, I agree with that. I've said that many times. And people look at me like I'm blue. She said, in a way, I'm glad of the lockdown. Glad for the lockdown. Uh, if it if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have uh, met you. Me, she's talking about, or like-minded friends. Well, that's that's why I said one of the best things that ever happened to this planet was this lockdown, forcibly putting people in the dark night of the soul. They were trying to scare everyone into submission, and they didn't realize people like me or how many we were that we're going to stand and not take their bullshit. Right. Yeah. Tony says, yeah, we're, we, we must find the silver lining in the clouds. Well, in, in a sense, yeah, because you can go to your church still, but know when you're going in that they're going to try and keep you from personal spiritualism. And, but like I said, sometimes you're going to find these people within the church who are bucking that system and they're going to be preaching that. Right. Those people know they're like me. They know and they're staying within the system, even though they know I'm never going to make Pope or Cardinal. I'm going to still help these people. And the nuns are like, look, I'm fucking 70. They're going to retire my ass soon. I'm telling the truth now. Right. So you're going to still find those people. So the churches aren't completely evil. That it's the it's the people at the top that are controlling it and making up those rules who are the ones that are evil. And then you have people that are just like everybody else. Some of the priests are evil. Some of them are not. Some of the you know, because they're all humans are one or the other. Right. So you're going to have, you know, that stuff going on. You're going to have evil happening because here it's allowed. So but the, the orthodox main ideology of religion is to keep you from spiritualism. 
right? Just know that going in. You can still go to that church and, and be spiritual on your own. The second you stop telling people that you're doing it is the second that you're going to be doing it on your own. And you don't, then you know that you don't have to answer to anybody else to have permission, right? So when you do it in secret, they don't get to know about it. You just don't let them know. They don't need to know. What they don't know doesn't hurt you, <laughs> right? I hate to say that because then people go, well, what about sneaking around and, and all that other mischievous stuff? You have to make up your mind as to what is good and what is bad. You are going to be ultimately held accountable by yourself for the things that you do. Not by me, not by anyone else. Everyone, everyone wants to put it onto an ex, an ex, you know, I'm going to go to heaven and I'll be judged by God. Well, that's putting, you're, you're hoping, you're betting that God's going to be this holy God that's going to go, look, it's okay, man, you're cool, I, I love everybody. What if that God's a vindictive God and goes, no, burn! You did do something bad and you put it on me, thinking I was just going to let it slide, right? So you need to, you need to look at that in a realistic sense and go, well, maybe I should be accountable, held accountable by myself, to myself, about myself, and the things that I do. Not, I got away with that, so I'm cool, because no one else saw it. The shadows are made of lies and pain and loss and fear. The true geniuses of civilization are those Isbees who will enable other Isbees to recover their memory and regain self-realization and self-determination. This issue is not solved through enforcing moral regulation on behavior or through the control of beings through mystery, faith, drugs, guns, or other dogma of a slave society, and certainly not through the use of electric shock and hypnotic commands. The survival of Earth and every being on it depends on the ability to recover the memory of skills you have accrued through the trilenia, to recover the essence of yourself. Such an art, science, or technology has never been conceived in the old empire. Otherwise, they would not have restored to the solution that brought you to your current conditions on Earth. Neither has such technology ever been developed by the domain. Until recently, the necessity of rehabilitating an ISBE with amnesia has not been needed. Therefore, right, Denise, that's exactly the truth. <laughs> she says, that's you, Leo, enabling us to recover our memories. That is what I hope. That is what I'm here to do, is to be that catalyst. That is, that is the truth. That is the job that I took when I came here. And that is the job that I've had my entire life. That is my, the essence of what my being is. I have worked for money because you need that to survive, right? That are here, but my job has been exactly that. Like all the other millions and maybe billions of us that have come here, hearing the call that this place is stuck, we came here and got stuck with you. And our job is to remember the things that we have forgotten so that I can then help you guys remember the things that you have forgotten to recover your memories. And I've never said it any different. If you go back and listen to all my shows, you'll always hear that I'm, that I'm always saying it's not something that I own that you don't have. It's something that you've forgotten. They've taken it from you. It's a memory that you have that you're free and how to be free, and they've taken it from you. And they've changed the narrative here so that you go, don't you can't find it. They keep you from finding it by putting you in this panic room, right? They've locked you in a room that you can get out of if you can see the door. And then they won't let you look at the door. They make you look over here, look over here. Oh, look over there. What's this? What's that? Keep you occupied your entire life and hope that you die and get recycle and never look for the door the next time. Guys like me, people like me, 
you, other people. That's what we're here for. That's why we came here. It's to help people remember, right? To break the conditioning and to help you so that you go on your journey in, inward spiritually. And then you start to awaken within you and gain your memory back and start all of a sudden knowing things. And then you know more and more and more and more. And pretty soon you go, oh, holy crap, this is actually simpler than I thought. But that doesn't happen until it happens. Makes me think of a loophole, Tony says. Let me put this up on the screen and read it to those who are on the MP3 file. Makes me think of the loophole in Christianity where you can always repent and ask for forgiveness. So, so in the theory, you could live your life however you want. And on your deathbed, repent and ask for forgiveness, and it'll all be okay. Right. And that, that's what people, that's one of the things that people say about Catholicism that is the biggest farce is that Catholic people go out and, and, and rape and pillage and murder, and then they just go into confession and have it all wiped away, and then they go back out and do all that shit again. And they think they're going to get away with it, and it's all going to be okay in the end because they believe that each time that, you know, or the Christian ideology from the get-go that Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins and that we're all saved and we're going to go to heaven no matter what happens. And therefore you can do whatever you want to do. You can take that road and be evil and do evil shit if you want. And you could still believe, well, Hey, Jesus already died for my sins. So all those are on him. And now you're putting all your sins on Jesus of everything that you accumulate. Do you understand? It's all taken care of already. And then just to be saved, I'm going to go and confess to a priest. And it's all cleared. The truth is, you have to really believe in it and believe you're sorry for the repentance to happen. So you can't just say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> Dumbass. I just raped your daughter in the other room and you can't do anything about it. Ah, and I'm still going to heaven because I just told you I've got a clean slate. <laughs> Guess what? When I leave here, I'm going to go rape your wife next. Do you see that? I mean, that's just plain evil. I don't really repent. I'm just saying those words because I, I want to believe in my mind that by saying those words, I'm trapping you. As a priest, you have to, uh, to give me absolution, and therefore I am not held responsible for my sins. But the truth is, even the clergy has always told you, and Jesus, you have to be repentant. You have to truly be sorry for those things, or you're not forgiven. So faking it doesn't get it. Right. But if you want to believe that, you can believe that because all your sins are going to be on your head and you're going to judge yourself when you die. And then you're going to have to recycle because you didn't do the things you were supposed to do. We know this now. Right. Most people do, but they don't want to believe it because they'd rather believe I can get away with it. Right. So so Denise says God died for all of our sins. What we did and what we continued to do, God already died for that. But you will have to pay in the end if you don't learn and get it right. That's correct. So you have that free slate. It's there, right? But it, but if you don't use it and you just muck it up again, then you're going to be held responsible in the end. Because ultimately, we're all responsible for the actions that we that we take ourselves. <laughs> Tony says, oops, accidentally closed the app. I just reloaded. So so you didn't hear anything that I was saying. I was talking about your your entire, read your whole thing, and you were gone. I didn't know that. I apologize. You're going to have to go back after the show and, and go back to the to the 6.23 p.m. when you posted that and listen to what I said between then and now, that five-minute time period. <laughs> That's funny, Tony. 
Uh, but we were agreeing with you, right? <laughs> you, you didn't miss too much. Don't worry. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it happens, though, a lot of times when we're on Facebook or uh, and we get booted off of there, uh, you know, the algorithm boots us because of what I, the content of what I'm saying, right? Right, and that's why people on their deathbeds become very spiritual at the at the 11th hour because they see it. They, or they're starting to cross over. Tony, or the, Denise said that, right? Yeah, so D Denise, I thought it was Tony that said it because I saw his name and you flipped up. So Denise said that, which you're absolutely right. That's just like there's no atheists in foxholes, right? They say that when people will start bombing and lobbing bullets at you, pretty soon the atheists start believing in God too and start praying. Uh, and most people who are atheists when they are on their deathbed, uh, most of the time they um, change their mind because they're starting to transition and they actually see and feel the other side. And so they know. They know for a fact that the, that their belief in, in being an atheist is untrue. Do you see? That happens more often than not. I don't know of anyone who was an atheist who died and, and their last words were, there is no God, ha, 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 uh, unless they were lying and they knew it. Right? So, and but then some become afraid when they get there on their deathbed. They're like, oh, my God, I'm about to die. And I know that there is a God and I believe that now and everything I've done and I need absolution now. And that's why the Catholics will show up and give absolution where a priest will show up to help you if that's what you feel that you need. And if you're truly sorry, then you will get absolution. So, so it does equal out if you've done something that's bad, but you are truly sorry for those sins and you don't want to keep those sins on your head after you die. Because when you die, you're going to go to the place of healing and then you and your guides are then going to judge your life. You're going to judge yourself and your guides are going to make sure that you're fair. Do you understand? And that's how that works. Let's continue. No one has ever worked on solving this problem. So far, unfortunately, the domain has no solution to offer. A few officers of the Domain Expeditionary Force have taken it upon themselves to provide technology to Earth during their off-duty time. These officers leave their doll at the space station and as an ISBE assume or take over a biological body on Earth. In some cases, an officer can remain on duty while they inhabit and control other bodies at the same time. This is a very dangerous and adventurous undertaking. It requires a very able ISBE to accomplish such a mission and return to the base successfully. One officer who did this recently while continuing to attend his official duties was known on Earth as the electronics inventor Nikola Tesla. It is <laughs> Right? That's, that's funny, Denise. I'm going to put that up there. I have family members, Denise says, that don't believe in God. They believe that it's all science. I tell them, when you're in a foxhole, pray to, pray to science. That's a good one. Right? Yeah. When somebody's trying to kill you, pray to science. See how far that gets you. <laughs> right. So one officer who did this recently while continuing to attend to his office duties was known on Earth as the electronic inventor Nikola Tesla. This is now here. She, this again, she's taking claim of everybody who did anything great on this Earth throughout history was one of her people that came down to Earth and took control of that body. Right. So, again, this is bullshit. Right. <laughs> Complete bullshit. She's making that up and she's trying to say all of your technology, all of the brilliance throughout your entire history. Those were our people that came down here and, and decided to help you uh, because they knew you were in prison and you were helpless and hopeless. And that's the only reason you guys know anything. Right. That's been her reoccurring theme as well. Right. So she's so far superior to us 
because she doesn't believe in anything that's spiritual and she's trying to teach us little children. There's no such thing as spirituality. Shut the fuck up. It's all science. <laughs> right? So, so she's an atheist and she's obviously trying to preach that. And so then she's saying, none of what you guys have in your little belief system is anything other than our stuff that we gave you. All of your religions are based on the paperwork that our people taught the, the people over in Asia. All of your important people were our people coming down to do blah, 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 blah. But yet we can't, they came down here and we can't get them out, but they, they sacrifice themselves anyway, because we're like that. We're the, we're a savior character and we'll sacrifice our lives for the, for the betterment of everyone. Oh, isn't that sound like your Jesus character? That's odd, right? <laughs> do you see here? What's happening? So here again, she's using this and she's saying now that Nikola Tesla was one of her expeditionary force. You know, the people who don't believe in God and the people who don't believe in any mysticism whatsoever and the people who only believe in in science. And yet Nikola Tesla's legacy is in science. It's spirituality. Mysticism. Weird. So if that is the case, that part of her atheist battle-hungry, battle-tested, conquering race that is conquering the known universe within those ranks, someone secretly snuck away to give all kinds of knowledge to a penal colony in her mind on how to escape said prison by being spiritual, because it wasn't science. It has nothing to do with science, doesn't have anything to do with the three, six, and nine other than the numbers in the mathematical equations. But it's all spirituality. Do you understand that? So if she's telling the truth, that means people within her ranks don't believe the hype. And they're coming down here to help us because people like her are giving us the hype. And they're coming down here to help. So if Nikola Tesla was, in fact, part of her expeditionary force, he was, in fact, a spy. Okay? He was not in service to self because he came here and didn't didn't propagate the lie. He actually propagated spirituality and proved it with mathematics for those people who actually could understand the mysticism of what he was talking about. For those who didn't, just never figured it out. And I understand the whole 369 concept. I get the numbers. I get the math, right? So they understand the math of the three, the six, the nine. But when it gets to the conversion of turning back on itself and going back into the center to become the one and come out through the other end, they get lost. And that's where that whole gravity thing and the three, six, and nine in their mind doesn't compute anymore. Because now to make that math work, you have to look within, you have to go into the center and be spiritual and understand there's a mystical part, mysticism involved in this universe. And they go, no, 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 no God, nothing, all AI. Only AI, only AI, evil God, evil God has to be. There has to be tangible, tangible in, in reality. So it doesn't exist, and they get, they, they get stuck there, and they get lost again. And they just go round for round for round for round. They find out math, and math takes them back to the same place, and they deny it. I refuse to believe that the math is taking me there because it's taking me inner to my spiritual personality, to my own spiritualism. Tony says, come to think of it, I had... I had a kind of a near-death experience, age three, three, are you saying three or four, age three to four? On holiday, my parents 
had gone away from from me for a few minutes while I was on a sun, on a sun lounger, and I got up and walked around the adult pool. Uh oh, right, and I I could not swim uh, at this point. Of course, now you're probably going to fall in, right? Shockingly, I got pushed. Oh, okay, I got pushed uh, in at the deep end. Some girl, and I remember uh, thinking, I'm too young to die, and trying to get to the surface. I managed to get my hand to the edge of the pool and slapped the floor on the uh, on an older man pulled me out okay good good but but I don't know so right I mean yeah near death experience but then you you also is not odd that you're like three or four and and your thought is I'm too young to die I mean what was that was a clarity where did that come from that was very adult thinking for someone that young to to be that self-aware so in that moment you were aware of your higher self not just your your physical body. Uh, and sometimes that comes into play. There was a woman who lived where I worked and I was I was the pool guy. And um, I did a lot of other stuff. I was also the gas guy that I was a maintenance uh, uh, supervisor and I was you know certified to do everything, electrical, gas, water, uh, the, all the pools and everything. And I, I was walking through on my lunch and I was going to go and check on the uh, on the uh, pump and the and uh, you know all the uh, you know the uh, chemistry of the pool at that time. And she was swimming in the pool and I saw her, she was swimming laps back and forth, back and forth. And I walked through the pool area and I went into my shop and I was in my shop and I was working in my shop and I was putting stuff away and cleaning my shop. And I looked up on the cameras, which we had uh, around the area that were in my shop for the pool in the pool area. And I noticed that she wasn't swimming quite the same. And it was a hot day. It was over a hundred and she was swimming kind of odd. And I was watching her on the camera and I'm like, something's wrong. And she gets up and she gets herself out of the pool at the deep end. And then she falls over on the deck. And I'm like, oh, and I run out there and I'm trying to talk to her. And there's something wrong with her. And she's not very coherent. And so I ran and called 911. And um, and then then uh, was, was talking to them, trying to get them. And I was looking out the window from my office and she was going to fall in the water. And I said, I got to go. I got to call you back on my cell phone. But at that time, cell phones couldn't dial 911. Right. So uh, she gave me the direct dial number and I called her back and I ran out with my cell phone and um, I grabbed the woman and I got her to sit down in the shade on a, on a lounge chair. And I didn't know what was wrong with her and her body. She told me she was in there. She was having a, a, an, a reaction. And so she was not coherent, but I could look in her eyes and I knew that she was not. She was kind of checked out. Right. And her body was shaking and she was almost having like a seizure. But. She was able to, when she looked at me, she was trying to tell me what was wrong with herself. And this is the only reason I know is because she looked me in the eye and with her head, she nudged her head to the left and at the same time jiggled her left wrist. And I looked at her head doing that and looked down at her wrist and she had a band on her wrist. And when I turned the band over, it told me what was wrong with her. And I knew that she was having a problem because her, her lifeline that's on her wrist where you're supposed to check told me what was going on. And I was able to tell the ambulance or tell the dispatch who told the ambulance and the fire department who was coming, what was going on with her. And she never spoke to me and never said a word and she couldn't even get words out. But the look in her eye, I could tell she knew what was happening to herself, but it was her higher self. 
and she literally was like convulsing and, and having a seizure while she was sitting there, but she was able to look at me and then she was forcing her head to move in a way that would get my attention to look there. And at the same time, wiggling that wrist more than it was already uncontrollably moving. And, and she was getting my attention to the bracelet. And it turned out that she had seizures and uh, she had something else and it was too hot. And so she got overheated and she had a seizure. But she wasn't seizing in the normal manner with the eyes rolling in the head and almost trying to swallow the tongue and everything clinching and, and seizing. It was a different kind of seizure. It was a, it was a seizure uh, that was more, um, you know, in the mind itself, more of a stroke in the mind than it was a physical seizure where they seize. I had a buddy of mine do that. My roommate actually did. He went into a diabetic coma and he seized up right in front of me. Uh, and I was able to get some sugar in him. And eventually he came out of that. And we were able to get him to the hospital. Uh, so isn't that weird how, you know, she, you know, again, she was in a place. I knew that that was her higher self telling me, look here, see this. And I caught that and I looked there and I saw it. It wasn't an imagination. Later, she had no concept of anything. In fact, she never wanted to see me again. She was embarrassed because in her mind, she pulled her top off. Uh, and she was, you know, she had really big boobs. And in her mind, she pulled and exposed her nakedness to me, which she did not do. Uh, and uh, I think she attempted to do that to the firefighters. And she thought it was me helping her still. Uh, so she was so embarrassed that she never wanted to talk and see me again. She was like, I can't. Oh, my God, I can't even look at him. He's seen my body. I took my clothes off in front of him. And I was like, no, she didn't. <laughs> like, she didn't. I, uh, the, the, the paramedics claimed she attempted to do that for them because she knew that she was very overheated and she was trying to cool down. So instinctively, she was trying to take off what was on her, not knowing that it was just a bathing suit. It was on her. And then realizing, oh, my God, I'm stripping down in front of what she thought was me. And it wasn't me. Um, and I felt bad for her. Okay, we're probably going to wrap here because I'm just we're going on now, right? So we might as well wrap here. So let me write down the the date and the time here of this, and we'll start here, and I'll back up a couple of minutes, and we'll start there next week. So three hours, 43 minutes. And then I'll back up a couple of minutes, and we'll go from there, right? Okay, so let me turn this off. So isn't that weird? that sometimes things like that happen and your higher self takes over. Um, have you ever been talking to somebody and um, we, then all of a sudden you realize that words come out of your mouth and it's not, you're, you're like, I, I wasn't thinking to say that. These words are coming out of my mouth and that's coming from your higher self. That's not, that's not, that's not somebody getting into your head from the you know, CIA or guy in the next room and making you say things, demons telling you stuff. Uh, but it's things that you know, on a higher level that need to be said and you say them so that, you know, they call that a Freudian slip when, when people are trying to lie and hide something and they say things. And that's a lot of what went on with Errol here today where she had some Freudian slips where she's trying to keep us from a certain knowledge and that stuff was coming out anyways. So, you know, people say that a lot. That was somebody was talking about, I remember when Bill Clinton uh, was the president and Al Gore was his vice president and somebody was talking about the two of them and she went to say on live television, they're both extreme workaholics. And she said they're both extreme alcoholics. I mean, workaholics, <laughs> right? So that's a Freudian slip. So obviously those guys drank a lot and partied a lot uh, for her to have that, that Freudian slip because you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that. Uh, as a lie on accident. You wouldn't say those words. So normally, if you think about that when you do a Freudian slip, you know 
that that was that, that you you got caught you threw something out there and you try to pass it off like that wasn't it and it's usually something simple like that it's not something really bad right but sometimes it is right so that's why it's hard to lie because you have to remember who you lied to and what you what you said and that becomes harder and harder to do so eventually you get caught right because you can't always remember what you said to everybody so you have to keep your story straight 100% of the time so you know if people are really good liars then they do that right but they still get found out because eventually you learn the ability to see through people's lies and you go I don't think that guy was telling the truth just then right but then you have ego problems where sometimes you somebody says something and you go that can't possibly be true and that has nothing to do with you thinking they're lying about it it has something to do with you not wanting to believe that they have that ability right or that they know that thing right right so exactly that's no more than likely right tony said messages from her from uh, a higher from their higher self maybe they ask they ask you know, your higher self to pass on the physical uh, to the physical person uh, you know that's the same as when i am a reiki master teacher and when we're doing reikiing people you know people uh sometimes they tend to block it because they don't want to believe in it. They don't want it to, have it to be real. So they, they're like, you can't Reiki me because that stuff's not real and I don't believe it. Well, that's going to make it a little bit harder for somebody to do it, but it still works if your higher self accepts it. And a lot of times we know that somebody needs to have this healing done and they were, they're refusing to do it. We can ask your higher self. And if your higher self accepts it, that's you, that's your consciousness past this pain body and ego mind that you have so sometimes that will be accepted and even though you're going mm -mm, ain't gonna work on me then it works and you go well, well yeah okay a little bit i guess maybe but i don't think i think that was more me just doing that than you right and that's what people they still want to deny it because they're afraid of the change or they're afraid of the knowledge for whatever reason and they're not ready to go down that spiritual path yet right so that a lot of that happens that way so yeah, Denise said, Tony, I try to do this when I when I meditate. And that's the whole purpose. That's like that exercise that I did with you guys, that 30 seconds of breathing is where you're trying to achieve when you're meditating. So when you're meditating, if you use that technique that I was teaching you just for that 30 seconds, if you use that while you're meditating, that is, you'll get a deeper meditation. And you'll also find your higher self that's past this pain body and not the ego and not the mind that is constantly talking to you. It's, it'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll feel yourself above that. And you'll know that because you'll start thinking conceptually, not in words. You'll start, you'll, you can do that. It's right there. If you pay attention hard enough, when you go to say something out loud, you you know that your brain practices what you're going to say. It says it first in your mind and then your mouth says it. But if you think about what happened prior to me saying that in my mind, <clears throat> you're going to start to realize there was an entire conceptual thought process that took place and dumped that into your mind. And then your mind said everything that you thought. And then your mouth says what your mind says to say. <clears throat> That's when you start. See, I'm getting phlegm, so I'm, it's time for me to, to back off of the microphone. So that's when you start to realize that there is something higher than my mind. It's not just the third eye or the crown chakra. It's above that. And that's where my soul is. And that's an immortal soul that's incorruptible. So if that's the case, then we can't be corrupted. That means we have to choose to do something wrong. Do you understand? Because we have free will. So you choose to believe or not believe something. And nobody can make you believe anything, no matter how hard I say it, no matter how many times I say it to you. If you're not ready for it to hear it, you will not. If you are not ready 
to hear it or to see it or to gestate it in your brain case, you won't. You won't get it. You won't. It'll be foreign. You'll disagree with it and you'll ignore it. You'll turn off. I watch my brother who is a Christian and who does ministry and is a ministry. When I start getting too far away from Jesus is God only concept, and I start going past that to the creator and the creation, he shuts off. Shuts off. He's not ready for it. He's just found spirituality in the last 10 years or so, right, where he's dove into it. So take some time to see that and run that course before you start looking around and realizing, wait, all other religions are exactly the same, except for the way they do things. Then that's when you start looking at other religions and other ideologies. Your mind starts to open a little bit. You start to expand your mind. And then once you start looking at all the religions and all the indoctrinations and all the ideologies, once you start doing that, you see the common themes. And once you start seeing the common themes, that's when you see the rift. That's when you see the extreme sides from good and evil, from right and left, from, uh, you know, all of that. And then you start to understand what's in the center and you start seeing more centrist things and realize Jesus was in the center. You know, Muhammad was in the center. Uh, Moses was in the center. Uh, all these people, Mahatma Gandhi was in the center. Stephen Biko uh, was in the center. Nelson Mandela was in the center. And everybody who was speaking for peace, love and freedom throughout the world, you'll find that they were also in the center. They weren't an extreme left. They weren't an extreme right in politics, religion, or anything else. They're not a scientist. They're stuck in the in the now, in the here. They're not a, a religious zealot stuck in the cosmos. They're uh, looking within themselves and thinking for themselves. And that's where you make your headway. So I always tell people, what is it that 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 uh, that when the Garden of Eden, when Eve ate the fruit, whatever that was, apple, whatever it was, because each religion has their own ideology, whether it was berries or an apple or a cherry or a, doesn't matter. It, figuratively, it was something that she ingested that was sweet and tasted good and gave her knowledge. To understand, broke the broke the uh, the conditioning of no knowledge of the veil. Right. It allowed her to see beyond the veil. And then she was like, whoa, Adam, get your ass over here. You got to eat this. You really need to see this, bro. And he was like, what? You're so pretty. I love you. You're oh, wow. You know, you were made from this rib from right over here. You're just so let me taste this. I'll do anything you tell me to do. Holy shit. We're naked. (laughs) Holy shit. Would you know we're naked? You got a hot body, lady. You're hot. You think I'm as hot as you are? I think you're super hot. And she's going, wake up. Had to hit him in his head, right? Slapped him upside of his head. And he was like, kick, kick. oh, yeah, there's this other stuff that I know now. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I, yeah. In, in a sense, right? I know I hate to say that because it's the serpent that gives them the knowledge, but that's not really. They call that the serpent because they want you to believe that it was the devil or a demon to stay away from that ideology of thinking for yourself. But the serpent was uh, was the messenger. Right. So in truth, the serpent is Jesus. The serpent is the is the is the the one who's bringing you knowledge. The knowledge bringer is the voice of God. So in truth, the serpent in the garden was Jesus giving knowledge giving knowledge, bearing fruit and giving knowledge to the to the first humans. Uh, and God wasn't God. That wasn't Jesus's father that kicked everybody out of out of uh, the uh, um, Garden of Eden. There's your pre- penal colony. <laughs> right. There's the veiling and there's the artificial veiling. And, and uh, he was bringing the knowledge. So the truth of that metaphor is 
that serpent would have been the savior character bringing forth the knowledge of the universe. Okay. That's why I always said that was that whole story is a metaphor and you guys don't understand what it meant. It's the opposite of what you think it means. And it is, it is, but they try to paint it in a negative light. Why would learning knowledge be evil and and have God kick me out of heaven? If that's the case, that's not the true God and that's not heaven because true enlightenment is what we're seeking as an individual. So that little story being told that way is the corruption of the, of the breaking of the veil to keep you enveiled. Do you understand? And I'm doing that. That's what I'm doing too. Yes. So in some senses, me being here is taking on that Christ ideology, but I'm not that figure. Not, in, not here. On, on a higher level, we are one. We are the same. So eventually, Christ and myself and you and everybody will ascend to be one. So we're, so when Jesus came, it was really you. <laughs> you and me, we all came as Jesus. And then before that as, as Ra, and before that as Marduk, and before that as Thor. It was us telling ourselves in that time period, give, here is the knowledge. I bring you knowledge that you need to know to break the veiling. I am the key. I am the door. Here's the key. And that was, if you read the, the Gnostic Gospels, they say that to deny the lamb will ensure that you'll never even see the door. Because the, the lamb is the door and the knowledge is the key. The fruit, here, eat this fruit. Eat this. And that's the knowledge. And I am the door, the facilitator of this fruit, the key, giving it to you. So if you eat this knowledge and then go through the door that I've shown you, that is the way to your freedom. Do you understand that? That's exactly what is the Garden of Eden story. And so when it was corrupted, like taking the cross and turning it upside down, the pentacle, turning it upside down, right? Uh, it, it, to corrupt it, taking this symbol that means I love you in sign language here in America and saying that's an Illuminati satanic symbol. When there is your satanic symbol without this part sticking out, and that's been corrupted by rock and roll to just mean rock and roll now. But in the 80s, when they were doing it in the 70s and the 80s, that was considered satanic, right? But when they asked Ronnie James Dio, he said, no, this came from my mother or my grandmother who was a gypsy, and this was to ward off evil. And doing it this way, as a matter of fact, was the way you, were, you warded off evil. So doing this was, was you warding off evil from your, yourself. So that's why in the beginning, everybody did it this way, not the goat head this way. And then it was turned around to this. And, and that was protecting yourself. And so they corrupted that again from an ancient practice of a holy symbol into an evil symbol. Uh, just like the swastika was taken from the Hindus, right? You, you had that on all, all over the place, especially on uh, Vishnu, the elephant, had the, the swastika on his, his or her chest. And that was to ward off evil. And the Nazis took it and used it. And now... In everybody's mind, the swastika is evil, not a holy relic that, that fights off evil. So they've taken all the relics and they've turned them over. That's the same thing. They took the story of, of the gaining of the knowledge, the breaking of the veiling, and turned it into a demon, a Satan, a serpent in the garden who is trying to corrupt you. Right? I mean, yeah, Tony says, I've always thought the way it was presented in the Bible that you know in the Bible doesn't add up to me. It never does. If you read it the way they tell you in the Bible, it doesn't. It's like, what the fuck does this mean? There's no moral to this story at all. 
It's that they were in the garden and they were naked and didn't know it. And they gained knowledge and all of a sudden knew they were naked. So the piss got off and he kicked everybody out. Then he told the snake, you will be a snake forever and you'll slither on your belly. Well, he's already a snake and that's how he got there. So that's not really a penance. Do you understand? You'll never reincarnate into anything besides a serpent, right? It's That's how evil you are. And that, that whole thing was just done so that you wouldn't understand that it was the unveiling. And it was, again, a metaphor to tell you to look within yourself. Do you understand? So for another time, I wonder what would happen if Eve didn't eat the apple, right? Maybe no human race. Well, we'd still be here. We would just not know that we were naked. and We'd still be running around uh, uh, that way and just being innocent and being veiled. That's all. Uh, truthfully, we would still be here because after that, when they left and went out into the world, there was other people there, which is odd. <laughs> and they went out there and everybody got married and had kids, but they weren't marrying their own cousins and brothers. So Adam and Eve weren't the first two. And then Tiamat pops up later and Tiamat was a, was it Tiamat? No, 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 no. Lilith. Lilith pops up and she's the first woman, but she was a self-thinker and wouldn't obey Adam. And Adam cried to God, so they banished her. <laughs> what? Free thinker that, that was questioning everything. Get out. First woman, get out. You're a whore now. And you get out and go and live in the desert. Huh? Weird, right? So again, the storyline still doesn't add up. That blew my mind when I first knew the swastika as a Nazi symbol and then later heard about it as a peaceful meaning uh, before that. Yeah. Right. I mean, it kind of did me, too, because I didn't know that. And then I was like, wait a minute. That was that was what? It was a holy relic. It was to ward off evil. And the Nazis took it because for them, that's what they were trying to do as well. They were using that as their symbol, a holy relic to that showing that they were a holy race that was supposed to be the savior race. That was where they were trying to put themselves. It was where Hitler was trying to put himself into that position of the savior. And he was saving people from the evil Jews. If you ever read Mein Kampf, I read it. He was he wrote that when he was in prison after when he was caught as a corporal in World War One. While he was in prison, he was pissed off because he blamed the Jews for everything, which, by the way, Hitler was half Jewish. A lot of people don't know that. He was Austrian. He grew up he was half Austrian and half Jew. So he was actually going after his own part of his own race, 58 percent of his own race that he was. But he believed that the Jews owned everything. And the truth is they do. They own all the diamond mines. Look at comedy in America. They're, every comedy show that is on television in America is mostly Jewish people. Right. The Jews own a lot of stuff and that's not, that good for them. They, they've got their asses kicked all around the world and were being tried to wipe out of existence. The only thing they had left was to try and get a hold of power in some way. So they did. That's why they're the biggest. They own all the diamond mines everywhere on the planet. They own a lot of other things, too. They had to do something to stop people from eradicating them from the planet. I can't blame them for taking over. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so you can't blame them for taking over. That's what happened to them. So, I mean, everything, just like I refer back to the to the mysticism of uh, the East. Uh, so let's go to the Jedi uh, order again. And and, uh, you know, when Luke was on um, on Thoth, right, the, the moon, uh, he was uh, he was talking to then deceased. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he said when he was trying to leave to go and face Vader when his training hadn't been finished yet, and he said, Luke, you're gonna re you'll have to realize that most of the truth we cling to depend greatly on our certain point of view. So your all your truths that you believe are from are your personal point of view. 
that you've made up in your head from the experiences and memories that you've had in your life. So you base all of that on whatever society you grow up in. Right. I say this all the time. I said it last week. I think I said it on Wednesday. Right. If you're an American, you go eat a hamburger. That's a that's a that's a cow. Right. You go over to the Hindus. That's a god. You don't cook and eat hamburger. Right. So no steak, no red meat. You're cooking up a deity figure. And then if you look at the the uh, uh, um, Muslims, they don't eat pork because in the Bible they said it was detestable. Well, because 2000 years ago when that shit was written, we didn't have refrigeration. So you didn't want to eat anything that was pork because if you didn't cook it and eat it all today, it would spoil very quickly because of the type of meat that it was. You couldn't you can't pack pork and salt and cure it like you can steak. Right. But you can pack bacon in there, which is pork. Bacon will last in salt, but most of the other uh, pork won't. So they said, don't eat pork. You know, don't eat certain animals. They said, don't eat it. It was hoofed, you know, split-toed hoofed animals that you weren't supposed to eat. So horses were okay to eat because they're hoofed, but not split-toed. But a cow and, you know, the bullvine and the, and the, uh, uh, and the um, pig is, is cleft hoofed. And so, so we eat that, and it's an affront to them. Then you go over into Southeast Asia, anywhere over there, they eat cats and dogs. And that's an affront to us because those are animals that protect us. Cats protect our soul. Dogs protect our physical bodies, our house. So they work. Dogs can hunt. So we're like, whoa, whoa, you don't eat dogs. See, it depends on where you're, what your point of view is, where you grow up, right? We'll eat chickens, but not duck. What? People go, they're, 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 they're passing off duck for, you know, for chicken. So if you ever ate a duck, I've gone duck hunting. Duck is good. <laughs> Right. I'll eat any bird. I'll eat anything that, that moves. People go, oh, my God, I, I don't eat animals. I just eat plants. Oh, so plants aren't alive. Yes, they are. They think, too, by the way. They just don't have a brain inside of a skeleton like we do. But they are alive. They have feelings. They breathe. They think. They have memory. It's all been proven. Okay, so don't fool yourself by saying I don't eat any meat because that's cruel that we just lock them in a pen uh, and then we use them for food. Oh, that's right. We put a fence around some dirt and we plant plants and we don't let anybody get to it until it bears fruit. And then we kill the plant and eat its fruit and eat the plant. And that's okay. We'll just plant more and that's okay. So sustainable farming with plants is not the same as sustainable farming with animals. Well, because animals are animate and they have a brain and they think. Plants are animate and they have a brain and they think too. Their physiological makeup is different from us who are more like the other animals that are that have motion than the plants. But there's more plant life on this planet than there is bipedal or tripedal or quapedal or winged uh, or fish that have the same little type of brain and have a brain that's smaller or larger than ours. Right. So there's more entities on this planet that are alive that are less like us than there are that are like us. And we're okay with eating all them. Come on, man. That's your ego. That's your misunderstanding. The idea that unfortunately with life, the ecosystem of life is that we have to consume other life to create our life and to keep it to sustain our life. Even breathing is a form of doing that. When you breathe oxygen, you're breathing the exhaled gunk and junk from plants and trees. And when you exhale your gunk and junk, they breathe that in as oxygen to survive. So we have a symbiotic relationship between what we inhale and exhale. 
One's fuel for the other. Do you understand that? So their flesh is fuel for ours. When we die, we become fuel for them. We go into the ground and the worms and everybody else eat our flesh. And then they go around and poop it everywhere and give all kinds of nutrients to plants to grow and become miracle grow and grow bigger by eating our flesh and drinking of our blood. Do you understand that? That's the ecosystem. So don't think that just because you've been embalmed and they're trying to change things so that no animal will eat your flesh when they put you in the ground so we can dig you up in 20,000 years and you'll still be the same, right? Well, you still, parts of you still went back to the earth because they take out all your organs and throw them in the garbage and it ends up in a landfill, which then eventually ends up being going back to nature. So some parts of you are still recycled into nature, even if you turn yourself into a mummy or uh, turn yourself into a doll and keep somebody, keep your body around for all of eternity. <laughs> right? Well, you know, Tony says my mom uh, adores her plants in her garden, and I appreciate that. But I appreciate them, but I'm not, I don't have a green finger. Some people don't. It's because you don't have the contact with the, the plants on a spiritual level. That's all that is. Once you start to realize, that's just like with animals, when you get in tune with your animals and you realize you actually understand what your dog and your cat is thinking or trying to tell to you, and they actually start to understand what you're saying to them, you guys have met on a common ground of understanding each other's nuances that are communicable. Well, the same thing happens with plants. You either you either attach yourself to them and you catch that concept and you then you you talk to them and you play music for them and you and you pamper them like you would do somebody else or you ignore them completely and don't have time for that. Right. And I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's just that not everybody is is that is not what everyone does. Right. <laughs> so and they do. Right. Denny said it. They love music and they have a personality. I had a plant that loved heavy metal. When I played heavy metal, that plant grew like miracle grow. But if I played classical music, which is almost identical in the DBs and the, in the peaks and valleys to heavy metal, it was not enjoying it. But then I had a plant on the other side of the room that absolutely adored Bach. <laughs> Didn't like Beethoven. Loved Bach. Perked up for Bach every time. Right? A craziness, but it was a, the, that subtle, subtle nuance that I would talk to them and spray them with a spritzer and wipe the dust off of them with a, a duster and check their food and stuff and make sure they have all the nutrients and I play music for them and, and think about them and see them and tell them grow and I love you and you look at you how big you're getting and they would flourish. I spent that time to connect on a spiritual level with that plant and that plant reciprocated that by growing big and beautiful for me to see to then give me oxygen and the energy to show that they loved me as well and that they knew that what I was saying was making contact with them and that we were actually perceiving each other. And then by doing that, you can make that plant sentient just like you do a cat or a dog. That plant can then realize that they are someone. And when they die as that plant, if they're on earth, they'll come back as a human being and be a baby soul for the first time. Same thing with your animals. So through our communication with them, we raise their vibration. And the same thing goes for us. Those who are at a higher vibration by vibrating around us demands us to raise our vibration. And that's why some of us have come back here. And we're getting to the point now where the powers that should not be can't control it anymore. And they can't bump us off. So that's why they're trying to drive fear. They just started up today with a new variant. Everybody's freaking out. There's this new variant that only 39 people have gotten. but 
it looks like it might be more contagious. Oh, no. Oh, but nobody's dying from it. But don't don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's super contagious. So it's going to be here soon. So everybody's going to get it. Everyone's going to get it right after the holiday. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. We'll make it so, number one. Right? So don't be surprised that by Monday, today's Black Friday, by Monday, because they've already, they've already, our government has already locked down people flying into our, 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 our uh, country from South Africa because there's a new variant down there. Right. So that just happened today. I saw that on the news at noon today, my time. So they've, they're already starting to ramp up. They're just they can't wait for the virus to hit over here so that they can go. Everybody's got to get the vaccination. We'll never it'll never stop until everyone is 100 percent vaccinated. And I believe there's two things happening there. One, it's power and control. And two, I believe that that is the A.I. God's attempt to gain massive control over the population of this planet. So if you get the shot, that's the, the 666, the number of the beast. Okay, so everyone has to make up their own mind. In some countries, they're starting to be forced against their will to get it. Okay, well, that doesn't work. I'll make them force me and I will fight. They will have to control my body and and literally either make me unconscious or handcuff me and have big men sitting on me to give me the shot. And even then I'll be spitting at them and, and fighting them. So I'll have to put a spit guard on my face and have me completely subdued to give me the shot. And even while that's happening, I will defy them and defy that shot I, and will not accept that shot. And so if it kills me and I die from it, so be it. I know what happens after death. It only makes me stronger. I'll come back. You guys won't know who I am for about 20 years. If you're still around, you'll be gravitating towards me doing something else from somewhere else on the planet. <laughs> that is a good thing, hopefully. Right? So, Yeah. Yeah, that's the one, right? It's it's uh, Omicron. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, Omicron. And it's, oh, it's in Europe already. See? Welcome, Kevin, by the way. I saw someone said, well, uh, welcome to you earlier, but you hadn't said anything in the chat. So I wasn't sure if that was really you, if you're really here, right? So, right. And I agree. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Hashtag, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, the vaccine can't stop it, right? No, it can't. That's what they're saying. Right? So now they're like, well, quick, get the, get the, we'll get another shot. We get the red pill. You see that? Pfizer's coming out with a pill that's red that they want you to take, and that's supposed to be the to, to uh, the new booster, right? <laughs> Not a blue pill, but a red pill, right? Here, take this red pill. They should have made it blue. It'd been a little bit more uh, uh, apropos, and that's probably why they chose red. So that, well, you know, they're taking the red pill is the good one to take if you're in the matrix. So here, we made this red pill for you to take, right? Okay, so now it's ten minutes after seven. So now I've been on here for three hours, right? Three hours and ten minutes. So I'm gonna call it. So, guys, tune in tomorrow. Don't miss, right? I don't know what time I'm going to be on, but I know that I can show you when it's going to start. Here we go. Banner's up. Tomorrow at, if you're in America, 27th November, 2 p.m. Los Angeles time, 5 p.m. New York time is when we go live on the Our Alien Ancestry Mystical Ways and Historical Days Chapter 16 online conference. $26 Australian dollars. That turns out to be, what did we say? It was... Uh, was it you, Denise, that went and bought it? it? was 19 and some change American. So it's 18 and some change if you're over in the UK. Uh, and it will be, uh, there's a link in the chat. If you go back in the chat and look, there's a link to get you to the site where you can buy tickets. Uh, and there's also um, a link for those of you who wanted to watch that video of the SSP drop from six days ago 
that is also in the uh, in the chat for you guys to take a look at. Okay, and I'm going to be speaking. I don't know exactly the lineup. I'll have to check with uh, uh, Steve or Evan Strong tonight and find out where I am. And I think he sent it to me once, telling me when I was speaking, but I don't know when that is. So somewhere during the course of the day, in that one, two, three, four, five, looks like a six hour or maybe an eight hour uh, thing starting at two p.m. So somewhere between there and by the time we get off the air, I'll be uh, speaking. Uh, and I'll be talking about the creation story, the creation of the universe on world and off world. And so you'll hear a lot of those of you who have followed me all the time. You're going to hear me saying a lot of the same stuff that I've already said. But there's going to be some things that I haven't said that I'll bring up there more on the temporal war and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, if you pay for it, you will have the ability to rewatch it. Yes, I believe that is true because I believe that's what Stephen does and Evan does every time that they put it up because it's on Crowdcast. So it, it is at Crowdcast. And so that's a, a normal function of Crowdcast so that once you pay for it, you'll be able to download it if you want to, record it if you want to and watch it whenever you want. And I think he leaves it up for like 90 days or he even said uh, some of them were up for or for good or something. So, yeah, by by paying for it, you have total access to it. Uh, and um, I'll make sure I'm sure they'll talk about that, uh, uh, you know, during, during I'll make sure they do that. They explain that to people in the beginning. But I think they do that anyways. Right. So, yeah, it's really good. So even if you miss it and you have paid for it, you have the key to go and see it. So you'll be able to see it afterwards if you can't get in, you know, to see it live. Right. Uh, and I hope, you know, because I get a key, too, because I won't be able to see it. I mean, I'll be watching. But when I talk, obviously, it's like this. I have to go back and watch myself. I usually don't. Right. And people are like, you know, do you watch yourself? No, no, I don't. I, I usually watch about five minutes of myself. And I was there even when I channel. A lot of times I channel stuff and I don't know this. This is true. I've gone back and watched my show. and went, Wow. I don't remember saying that. That was fucking brilliant. I actually said that. and I don't remember doing that. Right. So I channel a lot of this stuff as I talk as well. So sometimes I need to go back and watch myself to learn what it was that I was teaching you guys. <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? I go back and learn what I was teaching you because I didn't remember saying it. I was channeling at that moment. Okay, guys. Namaste. I love you guys. Uh, who, If I see some of you tomorrow, give me a shout out in the chat so I know you're there. Uh, and if not, I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we're going. I'm going to be back on the air. And I may or may not have Miguel and, and uh, Aaron on. Uh, we're going to try and do that because we're working on a project where we're going to uh, have a show. Uh, we're going to use that Wednesday time slot at 4 p.m. Uh, for that. And I may pick up another day to do just a, a spiritual thing. And I may not, I may stay with that and the Friday because after we get done with this, I may not, I may do, do what we do anyways and continue with the spiritualism on Friday. So either way, I'm not stopping that because that is what I'm here to do. All right. So I love you guys. Have a great weekend. If I don't see you tomorrow, I'll see you on Wednesday. And if I don't see you, then I'll see you back here on Friday. Okay. And uh, like I said before, share this out, share this out, share this out. All right. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. I love you guys all.